HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Just what you thought it was safe to turn on your radio. Nothing fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that'll sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network for a Tuesday. Talk radio the way our founders intended. America, Democrats, they want you to believe that illegal alien invasion, the border crisis, high crime, it's all a delusion. Just as a majority of Americans now are calling for a border wall, day 1139. With the Eric in America, say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon. Putting the heat in Heather. Hey, guys. Don't late just here. That's true. Uh, now, uh, 2019, 40% of Americans wanted a border wall. Now it's uh, 54%, I believe, now. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing when someone shows up in your backyard how fast <laughs> you want a wall put up. Dark History Hour 3, our buddy Jonathan Morris in the final hour of the program. Your remarks from the Florida Man Radio app in between. Sure, Trump has won <clears throat> Iowa, New Hampshire. He won Nevada by caucus. He just won South Carolina. All of these victories come uh, at considerable margins. But Democrats want you to know <clears throat> that Trump's do- dominance is, in fact, an illusion. It's not really happening. Just an illusion. Uh, <clears throat> that's true. Uh, the narrative, they say, uh, the, the media is probably guilty of judging Joe Biden more harshly than Donald Trump <clears throat> when it comes to things like uh, gaffes and lack of popularity. That's the narrative. Uh, liberals and Democrats on social media. Editor-in-chief of Washington Monthly complained recently, if Trump wins South Carolina by 70%, the media will say, crushing victory. If Biden wins Michigan by 80%, it'll be a catastrophic underperformance. Uh, Trump got 60% of the vote in South Carolina, which is to say he lost 40% of the Republican primary voters in a red state. But that was clearly with two candidates (laughs) running for the GOP primary. Um, he's facing now the Michigan primary. That's today. Gretchen Whitmer says uh, Biden is going to experience a significant backlash from the state's large Muslim uh, population. Um, They're all upset about his stance on Gaza, which apparently Bibi Netanyahu, he announced even last night again uh, on on, uh, Seth. What's the name of that show? Seth Myers. Myers. I don't watch late night TV. It's so worthless. Uh, that he expects a uh, ceasefire to start at the end of this weekend. Well, I mean, they did catch him and ask him why he was trying to enjoy some ice cream. So, 
I don't think, is it just me? I don't think a president eating an ice cream cone is a good look. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think it leans into the, they still try to pretend like he's this youthful, uh, youthful. well, just, he's a kindly grandpa that, uh, he's the type of guy that'll take his grandkids out to, uh, uh, go get some ice cream, except you never see him anywhere near his grandkids. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that Trump eats uh, ice cream. He, he serves it at the White House. Uh, everyone else got one scoop. He got two scoops. Remember that? Damn Trump. Um, but they don't want you to to, uh, <clears throat> to look at these victories for Trump as victories for Trump. Because they're not really victories. You know what else is a, an illusion? Uh, migrant crime. It's it's uh, there's CNN even claims that there's very little evidence to connect crime to the border crisis. I mean, what are you out of your mind? Um, uh, little evidence, very little evidence. Um, despite illegals brawling with the NYPD, uh, 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 illegal wanted in, uh, in New York City has been captured in Arizona for bludgeoning a 30-something-year-old American citizen woman to death in a hotel room. Um, the uh, the shooting of a tourist there, the violent moped snatch-and-grab gang of Venezuelans, the beating death of the Georgia nursing student, Lakin Riley. I don't really, you know, it's hard to connect. <laughs> you know, these are all crimes that would not have ha- Do you think the lady that got bludgeoned by a, uh, an iron in a hotel room in New York City would have been bludgeoned by an, an iron regardless of if there was an illegal invasion uh, crisis or not? No, because that person would not have been there. Lake and Riley, who was you know, jogging around uh, out on campus, would not have because that person would not have been there. Um, they also repeatedly discounted any connection CNN did between the the uh, suspect and the Lake and Riley uh, death, Jose Antonio Ibarra, and his immigration status. Ibarra's status as an undocumented Venezuelan migrant is now being touted by several state and national GOP leaders to support their calls for a tighter border security, though there's little evidence indicating a connection between an immigration and crime. <clears throat> they say they found no such connection between immigration and crime. Um, we'll go through some uh, evidence. There's a couple of uh, entire towns that have changed because of the immigration problem there. And here's a list. It's done in a montage form of other illegal immigrants' uh, crimes. And they keep pretending this is a crisis. We are going to keep whining about it. It's the only thing that the Republican Party even is standing on. The man accused of sexually assaulting and strangling 11-year-old Maria Gonzalez in Pasadena has been caught. According to ICE officials, Garcia Rodriguez did enter the United States illegally. 16-year-old Lisbeth Medina was stabbed to death. Rafael Govea Romero. Romero is from Mexico and was living in the U.S. on an expired visa. A deadly hit and run that killed 10-year-old Midland boy Alex Wise Jr. last week. Officers found and arrested 50-year-old Rogiello Ortiz Olivias, the driver of the truck that hit the young boy who originally fled the scene. 20-year-old Kayla Hamilton in Aberdeen, Maryland. It's not just a nursing student in Georgia the other day. Uh, 
legacy media is not going to repeat these horrible deaths of U- U.S. citizens, often young women, uh, because they want to pretend like it doesn't exist. Um, <clears throat> a small Wisconsin town uh, in Whitewater, Wisconsin, they have a mig- they have a migrant crisis there. Uh, Whitewater, Wisconsin. Migrants have caused New York's population to grow by 2%, but in Whitewater, the population has grown by almost 10%. They all have a problem with immigration there, but, the, you know, they, uh, they, the, the, the influx of migrants there has put the town $400,000 in a budget hole. Uh, no one knows who brought the, even brought the migrants to Whitewater. It's not a sanctuary city. There's no red state governor shipping busloads there. They're just a handful of states that will likely decide the next presidential uh, election. It's just completely a coincidence. It's changed that town. <clears throat> the the once the migrants are there, they it's on the, up to the town to adapt. They've had to hire ESL teachers for all Whitewater public schools at the cost of several hundred thousand dollars. Some students uh, have enrolled in Whitewater schools without knowing more than a few English words and phrases. There's a concern about internal reports of migrants, students suffering from sexual abuse at home. Some will live with distant relatives. uh, And uh, there's been an uptick in STDs and other sexual health issues in the schools as well. But, you know, no big deal. Albertville, uh, Albertville, <clears throat> a small little town on the U.S.-Mexican border, working class town, a tiny little community. The Latino immigration, uh, uh, Latino uh, population exploded there. It's re- used to be a predominantly white working class community. Um, <clears throat> now they call it Little Mexico. According to census data, Albertville's Hispanic, Hispanic population was virtually non-existent in 1990, with just 77 people purporting to be of Hispanic descent. Uh, now it's roughly 15,000. And completely changed that town. Uh, they became ground zero for a big debate. Jeff Sessions made Albertville part of his push to... Uh, for immigration reform under the uh, under President Donald Trump, Scott Beeson appointed uh, to uh, state senator appointed to Albertville in his House bill, which was referred to as many as the strictest immigration bill of the nation, as an example of how illegal immigration has negatively impacted American states like Alabama. Um, you know, they they there's no assimilation. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Sixty minutes went out to uh, Sweden, which has been a hotbed for uh, migration from, I believe, North Africa predominantly and uh, Guyana, Senegal. So (laughs) I'll play the audio. They've got their uh, camera team out and they're talking to some of these cultural influencers that are being called, uh, and they just begin to attack them. He threw a rock. Kicked the cameraman. Oops, took a swing at the cameraman. Excuse me. Please, please. Get out of here. No, no, we are leaving, but you don't need to hurt us. There's no need to be unkind. Hey, 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 hey. Kicks him again. No, no, no. Don't do it. 
Now he's just throwing it on the ground. The gang's attention turns when a local intervenes and drives his mobility scooter into the most violent attacker. He drives his mobility scooter and then the poor guy gets beat up in his mobility scooter. They're there to see because they'd heard that it's so wonderful in Switzerland. These, these uh, 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 immigrants have come here and assimilated. <laughs> Meanwhile, they want to kick your ass. Until the guy, the hero in his mobility <laughs> scooter comes along. <laughs> uh, Ray Kelly, the former NYPD uh, chief of police, said the uh, quality of life in, in New York City has really deteriorated. I mean, the crime surge. He said he met a man from London. They're traveling. And he said, hey, what did you think about New, or- New York? And he said, it looks like nobody's in charge there. And Ray Kelly says, that's how I feel. That's what it, that's how it looks. Um, migrants milling outside the Roosevelt Hotel intake center in Manhattan, mentally deranged homeless people in the streets. Uh, so many items locked away in a store because of rampant shoplifting. Subway crime still out of control, keeping people off the subways and on the streets, uh, and, which means more people are paying the $15 congestion fee. <laughs> Uh, people are just afraid to go to the subways. And the congestion price is going to force them on the subway. And Ray Kelly predicts he's going to see a lot more crime. He's pessim- pessimistic about the short-term situation as far as New York is concerned. And he says it's a bigger double whammy because they're short on cops and it's really difficult to recruit cops when you, sh- hey, come take a look. This is what, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, this is your job. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're uh, cutting your budget pretty strictly here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> no overtime, so. yeah. They can't recruit. It's a uh, it's a real mess. He said it doesn't look like there's any leadership there. The city just agreed to consent decree, which is absolutely ludicrous, tying the hands of cops trying to poli- uh, police demonstrations. It ends the practice of kettling to move demonstrators to a particular area. He said, I don't know why they did this. Uh, maybe the lawyers told him to do it. It's not leadership. It's not what you're supposed to be doing. But that's where we are. Right, migrant crisis putting a strain on the city as well. Pointed the Adams administration agreeing to pay millions of dollars under controversial no-bid contracts. I know that it sounds like that's not a big deal, but listen to this. Because he is, uh, there is a, uh, a declaration, an emergency declaration for the city. They, under the city's contracting system, the comptroller gives them um, the ability to find what you need, and you need it immediately, a contractor to provide a service or a product for these, and you don't have to put bids out. Time is of the essence. You find a guy, we'll, we'll write the checks. Um, and there's been a lot of for-profit companies charging some pretty ridiculous uh, rates for staffing some of the shelters. Uh, for example, there's a company called uh, SLSCO. SLSCO is, uh, they provide supervisor positions for, uh, you know, you're managing a shelter, making sure nothing goes on. Uh, well, they're charging rates um, of $90 an hour. I'm sorry, SLSCO, Texas-based disaster firm, uh, was found to be getting $1,500 per eight-hour shift for a shelter supervisor position. $1,500 for an eight-hour shift. Uh, another company, DocGo, started, they, they were a COVID testing company, turned into a migrant shelter firm. Uh, they're paying their site managers two grand a day. I'm 
really doing some behind the scenes planning on this because I'm going the dot go uh, a route here in the next one. I'm looking for the ma- next uh, manufactured, created hysteria, that, uh, be it the yeah. another disease or uh, immigration or whatever they're going to throw out there. And I'm going to make some money out of this time. Yeah, these places I'm are, are, I'm giving them credit. There are these entrepreneurs that are that are there because not only there's only one place that can go from being uh, a drive-through COVID testing <laughs> into a into a migrant shelter firm to being a migrant <laughs> shelter firm. Oh yeah, we do it all. Yeah, we do a COVID testing. We do manage your migrant shelters. Uh, you know all that. Yeah, two grand a day. I mean, I'm expecting like alien invasion. They're gonna, like, yeah, we uh, we run an alien invasion uh, protection place. You come here, <laughs> you know. They, don't worry about the aliens. Yeah, thanks for calling Rollo's Ag- Alien Invasion Protection Agency. Um, a the cheapest company out there, SE, uh, did the contract uh, for uh, paid supervisors just five hundred fifty per day. But here's the deal: the the New York City Department of Health could easily hire more people to do this themselves and pay them the standard uh, city rate of twenty nine eighty an hour. Pretty. I mean, now all eyes are turned towards this uh, uh, mobility capital finance company that has got a no-bid contract for $53 million in in debit cards. I mean, certain staffing costs providing services to asylum seekers at one hotel were approximately two and a half times higher under emergency contract with SLC, SLSC other than if the city had delivered those same services with city employees. Well, I, I don't get it. Uh, yeah. It is just a big giant money laundering ring. Cause there's no way mm. that there's anybody unless they had some wink, wink brother of a brother type of thing that uh, Eric Adams or whoever was doling out the cash was like, all right, uh, we need to make sure we get these safety for these migrants. Uh, well, so we need a security for, firm that's going to be able to watch these guys. And uh, I want the best. So don't even worry about how much money we're spending on it. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and get the guys that used to be COVID tested. Oh, yeah. no my, idea about my cousin, uh, he had a COVID company. Now he's doing the migrant thing. So I'll call him <laughs> up. <and see> what... <laughs> um, I mean, asylum seeker contracts. I mean, this the dangers. It, it's once you consider, once you uh, declare an emergency, just like the federal government did. All bets are off. Money is no object. We go plumb, uh, spend crazy. Uh, and you don't even... I, I, I normally think that your standard um, politician, be a mayor or, 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 or a governor uh, that has powers, emergency powers, they don't... They will not Try. They won't even attempt to try to save money. They just see they just want. They see what they get. They, you know, uh, wasn't it Trump that he saw the order for the new Boeing uh, Air Force One and he said no, no, no. He knows a lot about aircraft and he went back to Boeing and cut like uh, like two hundred million dollars off the multi billion dollar price tag. No, we don't need this right here. Save a couple of bucks. But nope. And, you know, you think of a city like New York, I'm not saying it's the, not, it's, yeah, I'm saying it. It's, it's known for mass corruption of, of services and things. Like if you if you wanted to get a driveway poured in concrete, you've got to run through Vinny, No Neck Nick, and, you know, and the boys, you know, down at the Hunt Club uh, to get approved for a, con, you know, for some concrete. So I'm, I'm if you're going to hire a bunch of people for the migrant thing, I'm sure. Oh, it's exactly that. Because you're not telling me that if you were 
a, a real mayor uh, who wants to do what's best for his city, and you get in that under this no bid emergency situation stuff, uh, you look for the people that are the cheapest. You're like, all right, uh, these guys want to do it for fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, let's grab them. These guys want to do. Uh, they said they can get food to these people for uh, five dollars a meal. Yeah, we'll grab those guys. I bet he doesn't even ask what it costs. Just say, I need, yeah. I need the supervisor for this shelter, this shelter, this shelter, this shelter, uh, in eight hour shifts. Okay, sure, you got it. Here's the invoice. I got a special deal on this one right here. These migrants are a dangerous group of people. My men put at great risk for their personal safety. Well, food is not good either. <laughs> Wait. You call my cousin Spinelli's in Boston. They got a grave ravioli <laughs> over there. <laughs> they got a no-bid contract. Uh, all right. When we return, um, I don't know when we're going to return. Uh, Kellogg's, one of the biggest and one of the oldest food conglomerates in the United States of America, they now, they know you're going through a rough time. It's not a good, doesn't bode well for uh, for the Biden campaign and his hailing of his Bidenomics plan. But Kellogg's has uh, a, a, a suggestion of relief from today's high grocery prices. Um, you probably haven't done it since you were in college and with a bong on your coffee table. Hang on, it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. A veteran's hope. Where are you hiding? I search for you in the seconds, the minutes of each and every day. Hear me as I call out to you. Take my hand. Lift me up as I lift up others. Welcome me home, father, mother, sister, brother. Son, daughter, hear us now. Alone we stood, divided we fell, no longer. Now we choose to make the connection. Our new mission lies within. Visit maketheconnection.net to learn more. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice. But wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. You've got support. You can't control the chaos, but you can chart your way through it. Steady yourself. Take a breath. You're not alone. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. CEO of Kellogg's wants you to know that with the share of personal income being spent on food at a 30-year high, 
he has a suggestion to help American families put food on the table. And that is eat cereal for dinner. Cereal. He said, when we think about our consumer under pressure, cereal has always been quite affordable and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. Uh, he said, we're refocusing our messaging to meet the, to reach the consumer where they are. So we're advertising about cereal, cereal for dinner. And if you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. He said, the price of a bowl of cereal with milk and fruit, like you cut a banana up in it, is less than a dollar. So you can imagine where a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. Breakfast cereal is the number one choice for home consumption, with over 25% of cereal consumption being outside of the breakfast window. Look, my parents raised five kids, and and we were broke. And I many times, uh, we always had food. Many times my mom would make breakfast for dinner. We'd do like omelets for dinner, you know, because we always had an ass ton of eggs. Uh, my grandfather was a farmer. We would get those big boxes of 15 dozen, keep them in the garage fridge. But, I don't know, cereal? I mean, he does work for a cereal company. True. So uh, I'm surprised he didn't go out there and be like, yeah, you could have cereal for lunch, you could have cereal for dinner. Have you thought about fourth <laughs> meal cereal? Uh, you can have cereal for a little quick snack. Uh. I mean, and what cereal are they talking about? They add that over Kellogg's. Well, only Kellogg's brands. Right. Special K, Fruit Loops, Rice Krispies are the foundation for Kellogg's and have been for decades. Uh, they're no longer seen as growth drivers for the company. Um, I thought they, they had a big strike there back in, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. They're actively pro- promoting uh, DEI and advocating for sustainable and equitable foods. Equitable foods. Frosted Flakes, equitable. I guess. I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, that's bad. I mean, I, again, he sells cereal, so I would expect him any less to, than to say go out there. But it is a bit of an odd... Um, Less than a dollar a bowl sounds like a bargain, <clears throat> but I, I don't know if it's going to do it for you nutritionally. Uh, no, there's very few of those uh, cereals that you just listed off or anything that is actually good for you. Why don't they just sell hardtack <laughs> like uh, like in the you know in the mean, old you, days? You really, if you're you're pounding down a bowl of Frosted Flakes or Rice Krispies, it doesn't matter what fruit you put in there. That's a lot of sugar you're already eating. Oh yeah, right before bedtime. Um, I noticed he didn't say, I mean, a cereal is one thing, but uh, something like uh, that, that I probably don't make it, but oats, you know, or oatmeal or I don't know. Well, I mean, really, you could just have yourself a big pot of gruel every night and uh, <laughs> <clears throat> um, make your every one of your kids all over twisted every day, too, and ask for a little bit more. Could I have some more, please? Uh, I mean, why don't the cheese people come out and go, hey, how about just having some cheese for dinner? Well, they know cheese isn't cheap right now. That's so. true. <laughs> Milk's not that cheap either. I thought we were, weren't people complaining about the price of a uh, cereal lately? It's not cheap, uh, it, but they, you know, they break it down. 
to an average serving size, which again, most people don't eat a bowl of cereal. It's an average serving size on the side of the box, but they'll break down their average serving size and they'll be like, yeah, if you just, you know, the average serving size of milk and the average serving size of cereal and maybe a banana yeah. cut in it, uh, the, the probably the most expensive thing is going to be that banana. Right. Well, well, here the Clawson people come out and talk about how you should be eating pickles for dinner. Pickles are cheap. They're affordable. They're, they're crunchy. They're, you know, they're a taste treat. Well, the Pentagon has uh, finished an exhaustive investigation trying to find out who was responsible for keeping Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's hospital stay a secret. I mean, isn't it, shouldn't, I mean, at the very end of the day, I don't know, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe Lloyd Austin could be the one responsible for keeping it a secret? Yeah, because he is the one who has the ability to tell everybody that he's gone. Right, he knew he was in the hospital. Well, they they did, a, as you can imagine, the Pentagon doesn't fool around with these type of things. They did an exhaustive, deep uh, investigation. And they found at the end of the day, after this painstaking investigation, that in fact it was nobody at all responsible for keeping it secret. Nobody. How can you come, how do you, how do you investigate you know, the United States military has some of the best investigative and intelligence uh, capabilities on the planet. And you do, you know, you've, I don't know, very few people involved. Him, his assistant, maybe uh, his secretary, and that's it. And then you come up with, oh, nobody. He couldn't pick up the phone? Or, you know, hey, his secretary was like, hey, Lloyd hasn't been in in a couple of days. I should call my boss, see what's going on. Yeah, does anybody know where he is? What's going on? <laughs> Just it's a typical government investigation. Same thing with the cocaine. Well, we don't know. Nobody brought that cocaine. You know, the cocaine in the, in the White House never. They never had a. They do these investigations, and they just, you know, you're talking with the United States government investigating something. Your your ass is grass if you're the one who did it. But if you're not, uh, if you're you know in the uh, in the club, nobody's responsible. Well, we found that we we've seen the uh, uh, the grandma that got her door opened into the Capitol. They made sure they found her. They yeah. can't find who had a bag of coke. They can't find who dropped a, a pipe bomb outside the DNC. They can't seem to find out who was responsible for not notifying anybody that uh, that our defense secretary just happened to be incapacitated at the time. In ICU? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's really striking to me that anybody can have faith in anything the government says today. Anything at all. Anything. They want to talk about fake news and misinformation being the most dangerous thing, in the, you know, uh, the dangerous threat when they conjure most of it. Um, so, you know, President Biden uh, turned down the Super Bowl interview, which could have been one of the most watched uh, presidential interviews. A real good way to because uh, it's right before the Super Bowl and and you've got a, a captive audience there. Uh, it's it. You knew it was going to be a softball. It would have been a perfect way for you to spew out some lies about what you're going to do in your next term if you're elected. You said no to that, but you d- said yes to Seth Meyers. Uh, Seth Meyers, late night. Uh, he uh, <clears throat> and people are like, oh, look at Biden stayed up late. He stayed up late for the. They taped that show at four p.m. That's after dinner. It's late for him. I'll get, you're right. He didn't stay up late till four. But 
people think it comes on at 11 and that's what you know he here's old biden burning the midnight oil up there with seth myers i think seth's at like 12 32 so they thought he was up till almost until after 1 a.m just doing this interview here is some of the uh first of all seth took him out for ice cream you know and i don't know if that's too, you know, he may be sundowning a little later in the afternoon. Let's get him a sugary treat or something like that. But he did. He went with vanilla this time. I thought he was a chocolate, chocolate chip guy. Yeah, I think maybe they didn't want to get it on a suit or anything like that. So they. It, it, to me, okay, I get having an ice cream cone. I can, I'll occasionally have one of those ones where you get in the, in the grocery store with the nuts in it, in the thing with the cone. Drumsticks. Yes, drumsticks. Uh, but you're in a suit. You're the leader of the free world. And you're in a, a New York City ice cream shop having vanilla on a cone and just looking like it's the best part of your week. He does look really happy while he's eating ice cream. He I'll does. Give him that. He looks like a fat kid in a high chair. I've been planning to go Thursday. What I didn't know is uh, my good friend apparently is gone. Talk about going to the border. And will you meet with migrants while you're there, Mr. President? Well, I'm not going to announce ahead of time. Secret Service doesn't like me announcing exactly. Yeah. Here's the. Uh, I, I, this is the. Uh, he's talking about inflation here. We're now in a position where we have the strongest economy of any major nation in the world, number one. We've got a way to go yet. Inflation is down 880,000 manufacturing jobs. You know, we have uh, 14 million new jobs. The unemployment rate is the lowest it's been for the longest time. <laughs> We're building wealth for people. Yeah. He didn't mention the fact that some $2 trillion in real wealth held by the middle class has been completely obliterated since March 2020. Yeah, I don't know 2022. Who, who he's making more wealthy. Um, here he is. He's bringing back an oldie here. The American people are incredible. And we're the best, you know, I, I've told, I asked, I was asked by Xi Jinping uh, about what, when I was in the Tibetan mountains with him. And he said, can you define America for him? I said, yeah, one word, possibilities. <laughs> Do we know that he's, has he ever been in the Tibetan mountain with Xi Jinping? No, it has been debunked many, many times. He's never flown 17,000 miles with him. Uh, it, it, it that is like one of the most debunked things he possibly says. There's no Tibetan plateau that him and G were just sitting there uh, uh, <laughs> drinking tea, having introspective conversations. Sure, I mean he says it with such meaning and 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 you know and belief. He, I love though that he changes it to make it sound like a, a fortune cookie too. He's like G just man, asked me to uh, describe the American people with one word. I said Jomain. I said wait. You, you really think uh, Xi Jinping, a world leader, was like, hey, tell me what you think about American people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know we're up here on the Tibetan Plateau. Well, there's one good cut here of him. Uh, he said, I don't know if I can find it anywhere now. He was, uh, 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 what did he say? Damn it. Oh, he, he mixed up 2024 with 2020. And then he, he was asked about the something about the election. And he said, you know, my, uh, about his age, if his age affected. And he, and he said something. Well, people talk about my age. So my opponent's uh, almost as old as I am. He can't remember his own wife's name. Remember he, one time he, he messed up Melania's name. I mean, 
Uh, and the headline was Biden savages Donald Trump. <laughs> wow. That was real savagery, buddy. Uh, well, I can't. I don't even know what he's talking about here, but it's a it's a funny clip. So I told you all there was going to be an American president who said to Putin, Putin, come do whatever you want in to, to, to NATO. If they don't, if the other guys on our team don't pay up every single cent they promised to pay for. I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, Putin, Putin. Here's a good one by the border. For example, you said you talked about the border. It didn't pass. Well, guess what? Guess what? We're going to pass that border. For example, yeah, you said you pass talked the about border. the border. It didn't pass. Well, guess what? We're going to pass that border. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to fly right past it here on Thursday. <laughs> That's leadership right there, folks. Uh, there, for the first time, this is in uh, Canada. Uh, to my knowledge, maybe not to not period, but uh, doctors in uh, there's a woman who received a Moderna shot, and in Ontario, uh, a young mother, 37 years old. Uh, community involvement and vibrant for life, raising her kids, uh, overcame a difficult childhood to find joy in her work and blah, blah, blah. And she took the shot and she is, uh, has been left paralyzed from the neck down. Doctors confirm that the Moderna shot is connected to her paralysis. Then they offer some euthanasia as a remedy. Of course, they're in Canada. They have the <laughs> they have the medical assistance in death uh, act there. They said, "Yeah, you really got it bad, but hey, there's always a way out. How about sign up for killing yourself?" She got her booster uh, January 2022. Had uh, alarming sim- symptoms, culminating in a complete paralysis less than two weeks later. Uh, initially, they were skeptical in the emergency staff. MRI revealed a significant lesion on her spinal cord. They documented an audio recording and expressed his belief that the doctor said the vaccine was the likely cause of it. A few later confirmed with a diagnosis of transverse myelitis, a rare inflammatory disorder caused by damage to the spinal cord. And now that she's been given the opportunity to uh, kill herself. With the help of a, of a medical doctor. Of course. I do love that Canada's on that there. Hey, you got um, you got a little bit of a splinter. Have you thought about uh, killing yourself? My favorite was the the uh, Canadian woman who was a veteran of the Canadian Armed Forces, and she wanted uh, to get her just a ramp because she was you know uh, was a para- paraplegic. Wanted a ramp to get up to her house because you know she is in a wheelchair. And they said, "Well, we can offer you uh, suicide." She's like, "I just want to." Be able to get into my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. I don't want to kill myself. Did she need one of those uh, hover sh- with, the, with the stairmaster things that go up the stairs? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh my God, that is that is too much. Canada's a wild place. Is it okay if you're a, a congressman to use your campaign funds for I don't know Super Bowl tickets? Uh, pretty sure not. Well, Eric Swalwell has been uh, 
known for using his campaign money as a personal piggy bank. The Watchdog Group American Accountability Foundation spend, uh, says that he spent funds on the Super Bowl. He paid fifty grand to. This is the way they put it. I don't know how he did this. He paid fifty thousand dollars to NFL to NFL teams for event tickets. That's what the records show. He's a big 49ers fan. Uh, he went to the big game in Vegas with his wife. Uh, his attendance raises some questions about how Congressman, known for having some tight finances himself, was able to afford tickets. It also uh, fuels the complaints that he's used campaign money to fund uh, his rather elaborate lifestyle. Because he's been uh, accused of using campaign funds for $20,000 in payments for luxury hotels. And in December, his campaign shelled out $1,700 for his stay at the Burj Al Arab uh, five-star hotel in Dubai. He used campaign money to pay for a babysitter while his kid, while, his, while, he, while he and his wife went to the Super Bowl. The campaign reimbursed him $540 a day after the game. <laughs> that does not... that. I mean, you're you're. I mean, is it any official capacity at the Super Bowl? Does it does it anywhere he goes? It turn into an official, you know, something or other. Uh, I mean, he is a state representative for one of the teams, but that's really stretching it. Okay, okay, maybe that maybe that's his angle. <clears throat> but no, I don't know how you could possibly justify fifty thousand dollars for Super Bowl tickets. He filed a. Request with the FEC in 2022 seeking approval to use campaign money to pay for babysitters because his foreign trips for congressional businesses. Last year, the ethics watchdog group accused him of uh, misusing funds after he spent $17,000 on babysitters in the month following the 2022 election. Man, he spent $21,626 paid to the San Francisco 49ers on February 6th for event tickets. For unspecified fundraising events, Swalwell's campaign also reimbursed San Francisco 49ers co-owner Gideon Yu for $962 worth of, quote, event tickets. At the game, he spent $51 for food and drinks two different on two different times. And apparently uh, he met with members of the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning Contractors National Association at the game that made it all official. Yeah, yeah it. it was a well, business expense at that all point. All yeah. a business expense. Wow. He spent a lot of other money going to parties, too. Event tickets, $31,000 for a fundraising event. The nature of event is also unclear. Uh, the Raiders play at Allegiant on December 44th. His campaign spent 1560 for the tickets to that game. Lincoln Field, uh, his 49ers played the, the uh, Eagles. He spent uh, a couple of grand for tickets there. Man, he's spent $29,815 in Ticketmaster between January 23rd and January 29th for tickets to unspecified events. Man, I would go to more events if someone else bought my tickets. Yeah. You know, he's a Democrat, so nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing is going to happen to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know this, but apparently Taylor Swift's doing some satanic rituals on stage. We just, we don't know it. We don't, I guess those that aren't familiar with the rituals, uh, can't recognize them. I've never seen anything that looked weird, 
Um, but Shane Lynch from the Boyzone band, I don't even, I've never heard of them, Irish band. He's a born-again Christian. Now he claims that, uh, she says, you know, I think you're looking at a lot of the top artists out there. A lot of their stage shows are satanic rituals live in front of 20,000 people without them even realizing or recognizing. You see a lot of hoods up and masks on and fire ceremonies. The hood is a uh, satanic? Yeah, I like the old cult imagery. Is it even out of Taylor, one of the biggest artists in the world? Watch one of her shows. She has two or three different demonic rituals to do with the pentagrams on the ground. I never seen a pentagram on her stage floor. Is that Have you looked? No. A lot of people he said it's just art and that's how people are seeing it unfortunately. Well, if we just see it as art and I mean I don't care that's I mean what's real in a free country. If you want to be a worship Satan, go go. But what I'm getting at, he seems to be saying that because these satanic rituals are happening on stage without you knowing somehow Satan's, well, Satan's getting in you. Well, you all are you, yeah. If you're uh, if you're there as part of the hundred thousand people at the the arena to see her, uh, you're a participating in a Satan experiment. Says so when it comes to a lot of the music that's out there at that moment, more of the hip hop uh, side of things. There's a lot of hidden satanic imagery and a lot of evil within them, including down to the beats. The beats are satanic. <laughs> this guy was in the music industry for a little while when felt he got betrayed and thought that now that everything's Satan. Yeah, and he says, look, this music attaches to your emotions and it has a connection to your spirit and how you feel and this satanic stuff gets in there, you're screwed. You're just Satan'd up. Right? I mean, would it surprise me if we come out to find out that she's been doing Satan rituals this whole time? No. Uh, Do I think? Uh, she hasn't sacrificed <laughs> one baby on stage. Uh, no blood of the virgins. Uh, no blood at all. No goat. Uh, no, no, like guy with a goat head or the. Yeah, no, there's uh, no Baphomet on stage, and. Man, we just don't know. But what if Travis finds out? Is he uh, uh, worship no, the devil? A, he don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is willing to do whatever to be rich right now. Uh, he sure is. All right. When we turn around, uh, uh, when we return, the in this great economy. Macy's is closing 150. I didn't know they had that many stores in America. You got to consider that almost every mall had a Macy's still attached to it. Okay. So even though they're all going away, you still, we've got like five or six of them in the central Florida area off the top of my head. And I think had a Macy's attached to them. Right. Uh, Also, uh, Canada is uh, giving Ukraine $4 million. You know, the, when mines or place you have to um, go and remove them. It's very uh, risky job, and you got to get them out of the ground. Um, so Canada, the Prime Minister's office there in Ottawa, wants to make sure that the demining process, the people that are actually detecting the mines, is indeed uh, gender inclusive. <clears throat> so we got that, you know, going for us. All right, stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Uh, well, uh, Macy's here, don't I? I think we got a couple of them still. 
Um, There's got to be at least one at the Florida Mall. Yeah, I don't. I think there was one. What's the mall near me? Fashion Square. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. There's a. There's some stores still open there. Not a yeah, whole lot. It's like a zombie apocalypse in there. They need to find a use for for, you know. The last time I wandered in there was about maybe what, what six you, months you ago. By, so. Stop by lids to get a hat. Or uh, <laughs> That's about all that's open there. We, lids. we just went in there just to see what was still in there, and there was barely anything in there, and the air conditioner was shut off. Oh, and this was in like the summer. Oh so. man! So it had an interesting smell to it already, and then. Well, they're getting a new look. The ones that they, uh, uh, they're downsizing. They say they're going to be remodeled, uh, uh, a luxurious look uh, to help to turn that place around. They've been around 150 years. It's been underperforming uh, for quite a while. They're, still, they're closing 50 stores by the end of this year and 100 in the next few years. They'll, they, it will ju- still just have 350 stores uh, in the country. God. They said middle class has just shrunk. Retail market is split. Lower end stuff is cost-saving things. Walmart, they've been done particularly well. And luxury brands also. They're going to try to go for the the luxury end. They're they're shooting for wealthier shoppers. Um, It does look like they may still be open at the Fashion Square Mall. Really? They're definitely open at the Altamont Mall. <clears throat> There's a Dillard's there, I think. And it, it's only, uh, I mean, it's crap crammed full of stuff like racks and racks. Not in a, in a lovely display. Where, like, no, you need to get whatever. This. Yeah, yeah we got to put let's get something <laughs> up here. And you could buy shirts for like $4, you know, but you got to, you know, you get a $4 shirt. You know what I mean? Can someone explain to me this? I think this started happening in gyms. Um, well, I would think that in the uh, that that women maybe it gets old if you're like a super attractive woman that may that they that getting a an admiring glance from a man is a form of flattery. I, 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 Heather, no, or is it creepy? Um, unless he's ugly. <laughs> hey, girl. Oh, no. There we go. That There's the problem. <laughs> So if a handsome like a fireman was standing there in the Publix, uh, you know, looking all chiseled, he gave you the once over, you wouldn't be that offended. Nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this lady here, uh, she said she can't even shop at the Whole Foods without men staring at her. Being a girl means going to the grocery store and having every man in the place stare at you while you're just trying to like pick tomatoes out of the produce aisle because I'm a girl. I can't even see this girl, but I can tell you she thinks like the world of herself because that's the sound. Yeah. I'm so hot, I can't even go outside without guys just leering me. Look at me. I guarantee you this woman would be just as pissed if nobody paid her any attention. And probably that happens. Probably her entire day, nobody looks at her, and she happened to be one guy that was like, hey, can I get to the tomatoes? Stop staring at me. I'm a woman. She is... uh, She's attractive, blonde, uh, natural blonde, it would appear, uh, and pretty, but she's just annoyed that I can't go to the grocery store with men staring at me. I mean, I wish I could go to the grocery store and have all the ladies stare at me. 
I just like throw him a little fly, ladies. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to reach uh, the cereal on the top. Yeah, oh, it's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can grab two gallon jugs of yeah, milk. I'm just ease. curling this milk right now, <laughs> low fat milk. <laughs> you know, and and in the gym, it's particularly annoying. There's so much. Uh, on social media, look. If you go into a gym and you're in, you're in good, you know you've got a great ass, and you put on those butt pants, you know those ass pants that just right up the crack, super tight, and you're doing I don't know uh, some type of thing where you bend over. I mean, don't be shocked that men. I mean, look at your at your body. It's not. I mean, it is creepy. They're like staring, going, <laughs> but just to to look, you know, look. Hey, maybe. Hey, how you doing? It's just acknowledging that uh, you're you're an attractive person. But I always love because they put the camera there. It's facing them, but also around. Yeah, they so, see behind them, and men are behind and them. And also, uh, we're very motion based vision anyway. So if I'm walking oh, through, yeah. and I see squat going. On, I look over. I don't care how good looking the person is. That in that first glance, I'm gonna look over. And of course, that's what she gets on camera, and she's like, I can't even. I can't even work out. I can't help it that you're doing some weird ass squat that most people don't even do. Yeah. In the middle of the gym and you're recording it. And then you go and complain about it. The reason you're, look, uh, it's okay to acknowledge the fact that you work out to maintain your body. You want to be, you like the way it looks, you want to maintain or get it somewhere the way you like it. And if you like it, odds are other people are going to like it. You know, it's just that easy. And it's the the dumbest excuse because it's always, oh, I, I record myself to check my form afterwards. BS. You record no. yourself to put it up on, uh, on X or on YouTube or something like that. OnlyFans. You pretend like, oh, I I don't know why everybody watches my videos. Uh, they just must. I'm such a fitness influencer, so uh, not such pegs. All right, if you are uh, just there for the workout, why not wear baggy gray sweats and an old uh, baggy uh, T-shirt and some Nikes, you know? Don't film yourself. Right. Yeah. Why why do you film yourself in the super tight pants and your little halter top? There's a reason you paid for those boobs. You want people to look at them. Don Jr. got a surprise envelope in the mail uh, at a suspicious white powder in it. Uh, hazmat unit descended on his home. He got a death threat and white powder all in the same envelope. Hunter Biden heard that and he was tearing through all his mail in his house. <laughs> Dumping it out. He said it's just become a little bit too commonplace that this sort of stuff happens. If this happened to a prominent Democrat, it wouldn't be tolerated and it would drive news coverage for weeks. The media would blame all Republicans forced him to answer for it, but since it's me, radical haters on the left will largely get a free pass and the media will barely flinch. It doesn't matter what your politics are. This type of cheap crap is unacceptable. This is actually the second white powder substance envelope that's been mailed to me. The last time we had this happen, it was during my father's presidency, and my then wife opened it up with my kids by her side. So it's just sad we live in a society where politics and the left's hatred of my father would drive people to do such crazy things. It's never really anthrax, is it? I don't think anyone's ever got a white powder that because the threat is that white powder is anthrax. I mean, is it easy to get anthrax? No, I don't like, think is there so. A guy you can call up, like, yeah, I need some anthrax. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, but you could. 
uh, there's a, a, a thousand different white powdery substances that you can put, you can, you know, from flour to baby powder to whatever. <clears throat> um, which is also stupid because, you know, the technology these days is pretty, you know, fingerprints, DNA. You've got to be pretty, pretty careful to not get busted. Um, there's, this is a great story. Only because it's it's in a rock band, and it involves a, a diabolical way for one member of the band to steal another band member's girl. Uh, the name of the band is Lorna. They're a hardcore rock band uh, out of Nashville. They had to fire their lead vocalist, <clears throat> Diego. Um, they... Apparently, Diego had secretly been drugging one of the bandmate, band members, six, that's with two X's, for several months with estrogen. That's right. Diego, the lead singer of the hard rock band Lorna, had been dosing six, one of the band members, with estrogen, forcing a several-month transition on to him. Diego had allegedly been seeking to weaken Six in hopes of ultimately winning over Six's girl. The statement says, we decided to part ways with Diego due to admission of a very disturbing, concerning behavior towards one of our band members and their partner. He admitted to being obsessed with said partner, that he was attempting to sabotage their relationship by cutting pre-workout that he frequently gifts from his job with high amounts of estrogen in them. He's been attempting to force a transition on him for five months and hope that it would give him the opportunity to swoop in once he looked he looked stronger and more manly in comparison. <laughs> the tampering has caused confusion and thousands of dollars of medical bills the past few months trying to figure out what's wrong. We would not know any of this unless Diego had gotten way too intoxicated and outed himself and then stated his admission to all via text. There are many more disgusting details that have been left out for the sake of privacy and general censorship, but as for Diego's response, it cannot be further from the truth. On the supplement side of things, the only sealed products he would provide were proteins, but the other products were always unsealed because they were tossed at his job if they couldn't sell it, hence it was free. He got he had access to steroids and hormones because of his gym practices. Um, this guy said, I'm going to be going to see my endocrinologist over the next few months to track my hormonal fluctuations to see if my estrogen levels are heightened. Uh, I've had physical changes from hormones besides stomach ulcers, weight loss, muscle fatigue that I won't get into. Um, He he got really drunk. He said, I got really drunk and I told Six and his fiance that I was obsessed with her and I had a deep hatred for Six and gave Six estrogen to get an edge up on him. He wanted to, I'm sure he's taking, you know, uh, testosterone and, oh, yeah. and, 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 uh, and he wanted to like chick up his, his, this dude. So his girl would go, well, you're such a, uh, you're not a manly man anymore. And uh, he maybe get man boobs or his voice goes higher or I don't know what five months of estrogen does to you. Gee, look at Diego and how manly he is over there. <laughs> uh, um, that sounds like you might be, or you could be arrested for that. I would gotta think there. You'd have to be. That is poisoning someone. The guy said what he did uh, was 
He said, I'll also be getting the last batch of pre-workout he gave me, tested for estrogen. I have about two to three full cups left. He will not pass off what he admitted as a joke or confusion, even in a state of drunkenness. What he did was disgusting and had an immense negative effect on my life. Man, she must be super hot. Hardcore band. And he was dosing him with estrogen. <laughs> Listen, Six, you haven't been really hardcore lately, and uh, <laughs> what's going on with you? It seems you're less hardcore than the rest of the band, especially, especially uh, Diego, who's become extra manly lately. <laughs> uh, it is not a joke. Uh a little minor announcement from the Prime Minister's office in Canada uh, regarding funding for gender transformative mine action in the war in Ukraine. Ah, because I'm glad. I, you know what? I bet there's a lot of women out there that would love a chance to detect uh, uh, you know, landmines, but they're just, you know, manned out of the business. It's, it's, men won't let them in. A non-government organization got $2 million in funding from the Canadian government is working meter by meter to clear mines in, in Ukraine left behind by the Russian invasion. The team leader says demining is probably the job most in demand in Ukraine right now. Uh, the, uh, the press release went out uh, on Saturday. It mentions $3 billion in financial and military support to Ukraine. But it also outlines a number of similar targeted initiatives. One of those is gender-inclusive demining for sustainable futures in Ukraine. Someone had to write that in as a line in there. I mean, gender-inclusive demining for, for s- sustainable futures in Ukraine. Uh, the project uh, aims to safeguard the lives and livelihoods of Ukrainians, including women and internally displaced persons, by Addressing the threat of explosives, ordnance present across vast areas of the country. The activities including conducting non-technical surveys, subsequent manual clearance in targeted communities, providing capacity uh, building to key national stakeholders. And establishing a gender and diversity working group to promote gender transformative mine action in Ukraine. Gender transformative. Yeah, that's right. You two ladies can have the possibility of getting blown up, removing a landmine. That sounds like a joke, doesn't it? More than likely, that that money's going someplace else. This is one of those headlines that you the the line bylines that you see that like okay, uh, that money's going to actually uh, fund uh, you know Tommy's new house over there and not right. actually, <laughs> actually putting women in. Uh, uh, I mean, is there really a a bunch of uh, Ukrainian women that are like oh? I mean, I'd love to get into removing landmines, but the money's just not there. If only another country would give us $3 million so I could get into it. It's just so male-dominated right now. Well, the uh, People's Party of Canada leader, Maxime Bernier, said, no joke, you are all now paying to promote gender-inclusive demining in Ukraine. Well, the phrase, gender-transformative mine action, was the biggest stumbling block for some people. Uh, on X, wondering if landmines themselves had a gender. <laughs> Clearing landmines inspires confidence by making land safe. It's also empowering for men and women alike. 
with training and a living wage, they can take control of their destiny. Really? I mean, after this war, will you go another to another war where, where, and do some demining there? Or is this a, you know, a, can you make a living for your entire life being a deminer? I mean, if you're really good at it, maybe. Well, here's a success story. A testimony from a woman named Angelina Chioko, a minefield supervisor in Zimbabwe, who says, quote, I always had a self-belief that I could achieve something in life, but I needed the opportunity. Now I can send my kids to school without taking out a loan. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have been given, as there are very few jobs for women in this country. No jobs, but we give them the one, the dangerous one, where they can blow themselves up. I mean, are we are we uh, gender inclusive in, for example, uh, uh, produce washing? I mean, I don't know. Should we, we be fighting for that? We need to check that out. Are we gender inclusive in, say, grocery store shelf stocking? I don't think we've got enough information. I need a couple million dollars just to look into this. <laughs> Here's the here's the the the, the bottom line of it that uh, because of social and economic roles, men and boys are more likely to be killed or injured by landmines. Uh, in some societies, girls and women are expected to take on caregiving roles for the survivors, or they've been taken out of school or married at an early age. Um. So, gender transformative demining. Sounds great. Uh, I mean, why are we not sending them more money to do everything, though? Uh, why are we not giving them, all right, uh, Ukraine, here's another $3 million so uh, you can get more women uh, into uh, physical uh, trainers as well. We need more women in uh, doing other jobs. <laughs> I, I, mean, I see uh, uh, lawn crews all over uh, Winter Park and, and in this city on my way to work. I, all of them are men. No one has taken on the 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 tough role of 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 ensuring inclusivity in lawn crews. Mm-mm-mm. One Uber driver in Florida is in trouble. There was a the annual Florida Narcotics Officers Association annual conference uh, up in um, where was it? Oh, it's taking place in Miramar Beach. Walton County Sheriff's Office was there. Investigators with the Citrus County Sheriff's Office ordered up an Uber to drive them to dinner. The driver, a 54-year-old fellow by the name of John Alcott of Crestview, arrived to pick up his uh, passengers. And when the investigators entered the vehicle, they immediately smelled the marijuana. That's happened to me before. That's when Lobster Boy shook my hand in Seattle. (laughs) He heard you smelled his marijuana. I no, I smelled no, I smelled Febreze, like freshly smelled Febreze. I said, "You smoking weed in here?" He goes, "Could you smell it?" I said, "No," <laughs> but I smell Febreze, and that means you were smoking weed in here. And you tried to. He goes, "Yeah." He initially took me to a, a, a dispensary there, and I went to reach around and thank him to get out of the car. Hey, thanks a lot. And he had lobster hand. He didn't. I was like, "Ah." Did he lead with the lobster hand? Like, did he go for straight for the handshake? Or Well, I mean, he was like this, you know, in the front seat with his arm uh, up there. And I reached around this way. And I didn't see it. So I was looking at his face. And I and then right, I look at his hand. And I feel it. And, I'm like, and I, I didn't react to it right then. I got out of the car. I said, oh, see you later. And I shut the door. And I went, and my wife goes, what? I said, he had a lobster hand. 
Like, I think you probably should warn people before you, you just throw the claw out there. <laughs> throw the claw. Uh, so uh, these um, this Uber driver. Oh, it happened near Wolfie's house. <laughs> <laughs> so he got there and picked him up. It smelled like weed in there. And then uh, he immediately told his passengers that he had mushrooms for sale opening his glove box and exposing a rather large bag of psilocybin. They declined. Uh, then they called uh, Walton County Sheriff's Office investigators who were also at the conference. The agencies developed a, an undercover plan to purchase drugs from Alcott the next day. And when they executed the plan, the rideshare driver allegedly sold them 134 grams of psilocybin, 10 mushroom capsules, and 12 doses of LSD for $1,000. Man, they set him up a second time, though. Come on, officers. You got. You're there for a conference. The guy offered you some mushrooms. You didn't buy them. Just called it. Let's just call it off. And I mean, if it was like a kilo of coke in his uh, or, or or heroin or something, I might. I you know, mushrooms are practically legal everywhere anyway. Uh, yeah, it sounds to me like they're at a conference about drugs, you know, and, and, um, they're all narcotics officers. They just love to bust people. You know, there's the kind of guys that would, you know, arrest their mother on uh, Christmas Eve for a marijuana seed oh, in her ashtray. Yeah. You know, both those guys were super aroused when they got out of that car. Like, <laughs> I tried to sell us mushrooms. Let's arrest them. Uh, they told them they would be taking, uh, a vacation there. They wanted to purchase some mushrooms, and uh, the next day, Walton County Sheriff's Office, along with undercover Citrus County, worked together to organize a deal to purchase more than a quarter pound of mushrooms, 200 doses, uh, for five grand. They got surveillance set up at his residence, and he, he left to go meet the undercovers. Uh, they conducted a traffic stop and arrested him for warrants connected with the undercover purchase month prior. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's the primary focus of a narcotics investigation. Yeah, I mean, they were doing their job, but come on. Yeah. You were there for a conference already. Just go on your merry way to Outback and call it a night. <laughs> he, this guy, uh, uh, two counts of selling a hallucinogen, trafficking LSD, and possessing a hallucinogen without uh, with intent to distribute drug paraphernalia and using a two-way communication device to commit a felony. Boy, that's really... Yeah, they got him down to the, every use down, the phone. Yeah. Uh, $15,000 bond. In New York City, he'd walk in and walk right out. They'd probably even give you your mushrooms back. Yeah, I mean, if you he had opened up his glove box and there was a uh, pillow-sized bag of fentanyl, then all right, get the guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he should have asked him. You guys aren't cops, are you? Because if you are, you got to tell me. I know. Which is not true. They don't terrible have to tell you. drug dealer not to lead with that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows you're supposed to ask him ahead of time. Well, a good drug dealer would know that you're in front of this convention center where there's currently a Florida <laughs> Police Association Narcotics Division annual meeting going on. You might want to stay away from it. Hey, I heard you guys were here for the Nar Narcotics Convention. You want some mushrooms? <laughs> me too. I got a glove box full of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. This was the, the arresting narcotics. I thought it was the Narcotics Convention. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, when we return, it will be time to dip into our, or your rather, comments. You can deliver them at the Florida Man Radio app. Um, when we return, cocaine, yeah. Coast Guard nailed it. Man, a lot of cocaine.
Yeah, but they got one. You know how there's always the officers put up everything on the table yeah. and all the officers get around it? Yeah. No, they got a straight-up helicopter shot of the of the amount of cocaine that they had on this deck like with all of them. Like, they did the full <laughs> helicopter from above shot. It's a lot of coke. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. Can't do the fart spray. That's a democracy. Everything I hate is a threat to democracy, including democracy, uh, whatever that is. I hope those tomahawk steaks aren't a threat to democracy because I'm going to have to order some more. Animals to vote? Well, that's a threat to our democracy. Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice, but wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. Steady yourself. You're not alone. You've got support. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. cocaine. A seizure by the U.S. Coast Guard Cutter, uh, part of a 59-day counter-narcotics patrol in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, The crew from the Helicopter Interdiction Tactical Squadron spotted a suspected go-fast vehicle. Uh, That's what they call a boat that's outfitted with high-performance outboard motors. Uh, They ignored the calls to halt. The helicopter squad disabled the engines. I guess they just shoot them. Uh, and they were just dumping cocaine off the edge of it. Turns out 11,000 pounds worth $143 million. Bales of coke were being thrown into the sea. A second small boat team then seized that cocaine from the water. I mean, that's a, the, the Coast Guard guys, huh? Man, that takes a. 11,000 pounds. They're not going to miss a couple of pounds, are they? Uh, I mean, the 11,000 pounds one, there's going to be some people to die for that. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. You mean like that cartels are like, oh, we got to go kill uh, yeah, Hernandez. Yeah, Hernandez should have stayed on the boat. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they have to account for some shrinkage, right, and uh, loss and seizures and things like that, but I would imagine if you're in charge of that 11,000 pounds and it ended, uh, some of it ended up in the water and the rest ended up on a boat, how big was it? Would it look like a car, size of a car? You said they took pictures from the helicopter? Uh, it was the full deck of the boat, so. Jesus. Let's see if I can find the picture again. Man, that's a lot of the cocaine. Mm, mm, mm. Um, <clears throat> I hate going to, well, I do. I hate going to the trendy restaurant. You know, we got to go. That's the latest place. That's the newest. Everyone's got. You got to go there. Here's and, the, the picture if you want to see yeah, it. Because they even it. they put the outboard motors in in the picture as well. Holy <laughs> <enough>. mackerel! 
<laughs> wow, that is a lot of because it's the size of a small bus. Uh, the, the outboards out there. Yes. <laughs> Why have the outboard motors in there? Uh, because they can count them as seized property, so oh, there's okay. value to them. Holy crap! That's a lot of coke. God. <laughs> Whoo! <clears throat> there's currently a restaurant. You know the <clears throat> who used to uh, 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 what's the baseball? Yogi Berra used to say it. Nobody goes there. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded, right? That seems to be, well, uh, I don't know. The people still lined up to go there. A new restaurant called Roscioli. Roscioli? Roscioli? <clears throat> it's an offshoot of a famous restaurant in Rome. It's now in New York City, and it is the place you can't get a reservation at. They have 40 seats, half of which are set in, set aside for walk-ins, uh, downstairs for a la carte dining, and another 40 seats upstairs where they do a $130 tasting menu. Reservations. The websites are snatched up as soon as they go live. Wannabe diners start lining up at 4 p.m. just to get in on the walk-in list. Um, they turn away actresses and, and actors. Claire Danes got turned away. This nightly we got celebrities just, uh, they walk in just to get an a la carte reservation. We've had an Academy Award winners, current nominees, sports stars, political figures, late-night TV hosts, television stars. Um... Uh, people that aren't famous, you know, there's some places you got you can go and buy a reservation. There's these websites. They will not accept those. If you bought a reservation, <clears throat> one guy said he bought a reservation for 250 bucks and they couldn't find the name. He had been scammed. Jesus. Um, I don't know why that makes me happy. But some guy got scammed. Yeah. Some guy thought I'm, I've got to get into, uh, the uh, big, the biggest hot restaurant in New York, and so I'm going to buy a uh, scalped uh, reservation offline, <laughs> yeah. pay 250 bucks for it, and find out it's fake. Uh, that I don't know makes me feel good on the inside. He, he got he got screwed, but then he waited for four and a half hours when they finally found a table for him, and all that time to eat pastas, cacio di e pepe, carbonara, and rigatoni amarciana. Yeah, I mean, every night this place only has 20 open tables. Because there's 20 that are reserved, and then there's another 40 upstairs that are for a tasting menu that you have to get months out ahead to get onto that. So you have people fighting over 20 tables every night. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> one guy was on his, he was scheduled to have um, some imaging done because he might have had a brain tumor. This guy, uh, he's an author, Jay McInerney. He almost ignores his hospital call to go to the ER immediately after a CAT scan. looked worrisome. He said he had undergone brain surgery two weeks prior. Uh, wondered if he couldn't grab dinner first. He had an impossible to score reservation. <laughs> uh, and he said, I mean, come on, it's a reservation at Roscioli. I guess he ended up going to the hospital or he didn't. No, I think he went to the reservation. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to die anyway, yeah. might as well get your reservation. It's hard to get. Eat the pasta that yeah. people have been talking about forever and ever and ever. Yeah, you can learn about your brain tumor later. With a full belly. Uh, the pastas, they say, were exceptional. People that work there, they say people are relentless. Guest relations member asked to remain anonymous. We're called a couple trying to buy their way in, saying, what do all these people have that I don't? The guy said, what can I do to change your mind? And when I told him that, unfortunately, it wasn't about changing my mind, it's just that we didn't have an available table. 
he said, who would get a table right now? If Nelson Mandela walked in, would he get a table? <laughs> Another diner emailed the est- restaurant pleading, I would like to extend a token of gratitude by offering $100 in cash, Venmo, or Zelle upon our arrival now. Man, you're only walking in with $100 into the restaurant yeah. extra? Come on, you think you're going to get a reservation out of that? We both lost our jobs. We didn't think it would be possible to afford the soft opening of the tasting menu. However, it's his birthday night, and I've been saved up enough money to take him there for the tasting menu. Uh, please. One diner declined to give her last name, found a clever workaround in January. She told the restaurant's $90, took the restaurant's $90 wine class, which includes small bites. Well, I mean, uh, hopefully, maybe not in, uh, in New York City and the nature of that restaurant, but hopefully all those restaurants at some point get reeled in to, you know, from their giant popularity. And you could get a table there. But if not, I ain't going. I ain't standing in line. You can't get breakfast in Nashville. That's the name of my new book. <laughs> 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 Let's get to some remarks, uh, if you'd like. From the Florida Man radio app and powered by Morris Family Farms and Organic Meats. The app is a great place to listen to the, rest, uh, to the, the whole station. Uh, if you can't get us terrestrially. Down at the bottom, there's a little uh, microphone button. And hit that and you've got 30 seconds to play here we go hey guys my buddy gus brandt here in pensacola florida uh well he's not here anymore but he uh, had a record store and he sold his whole collection and everything to go on tour for with food fighters and um uh, became the tour manager for the food fighters so i know you like it food fighters so i love the food i do fighter. too dave girl's a damn nice guy all right, B2B2. I think Fivars are the best rock band making rock music currently uh, in America. Well, thank you guys for nothing. I've been telling every woman I've met that my penis is a minuscule size because of global warming. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> I guess I'll tell them it's because I'm a liberal. I don't know. Thanks for nothing. Uh, be do be do. You got a couple months. Just uh, lean into winter penis and just yeah. let her know. Yeah. If she can wait four more months, you can get into summer penis and everything's great. That's right, Democrats. Donald Trump's dominance is all an illusion. In the words of the great orator Kamala Harris, on election day, please do not come. Shannon, I live in middle America out here in Kansas, and uh, we haven't felt the ripple effect of that immigration deal yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. I listen to you guys talk about it, and it sounds surreal, but if they dump 300 people out here on the streets, it would double the population of our little town, Wow! overwhelm the infrastructure, the grocery store, everything. It would be bad. Uh, it's yeah, des- decimating smaller towns. I don't know whether they're ending up in smaller towns, but what's up, guys? Great show over here. I love cereal big time, brother. But uh, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't cereal fattening uh, with the milk and everything else? I think it's gonna put some weight on people. No, Maybe. great show. Ray out, beetle beetle. Thanks for pizza today. Ray Ray bought us pizza from Nick's at the. What is that style? Detroit, Chicago? Uh, Sicilian, I think ah. I said. Fantastic. 
How about just get the uh, Grow Your Own Testies kit and then make your own Rocky Mountain oysters for dinner instead of cereal? Be doo be doo. I don't know why I thought of like a sea mon- the old sea monkeys thing. Yeah, you had sea monkeys. I had sea monkeys. Yeah, now they're like, yeah, yeah. Here's a jar where you grow a testicle in there. <laughs> Give them glasses like a pet rock. Well, instead of eating cereal, why don't people just go get some roadkill? There's cats, squirrels, raccoons all over the roads. Uh, I'm not eating a cat or a squirrel. Most people can't tell a. Uh... Uh, a rancid carcass from a freshly killed one. That Seth Meyers bit was totally scripted. Super scripted. Fake as F. Listening to this Biden interview that you just played, he's talking about 14 million new jobs. Aren't these the same jobs that people stop going to? because of covid and now they're just getting back to work so they're not necessarily new jobs what an idiot ass um we have not reached the full employment levels that we were at in 2019 in america yet there's a lot of conspiracy going on with beyonce and the whole satanic satanic rituals and that She's the reason why she's crossing over into country to grab those God-loving people in the country music to slip her satanic stuff in that. Hmm. I could only hope so. Just in the long term, I think that would be incredible to find to find out just that Beyonce decided to do country music so she could pass some Satanism on. <laughs> yeah, her. spread it out a little more evenly. Uh you say there's been no blood at Tay-Tay's concert. I say, yet. <laughs> Jeez. It's funny how people are tripping over the pop stars like Taylor Swift and Sam Smith and, you know, being all satanic and crap. But, you know, good old Slayer, this sure as hell never shied away from a good pentagram. Even Rush, 2112, pentagram. So, good old heavy metal, rock and roll. You don't have to use all the 30 seconds, people. <laughs> Tip of the hat to Florida Man Radio. Mm-hmm. Bubba Army, Don Miller, Dan Bongino, our beloved Jonathan Morris, Shannon Burt with Easy and Heather. We've been blessed by our Father in Heaven for this radio session, 94. Wow. Years ago, oh boy, in the making, 105.5 Florida Man Radio. God bless us all. Okay. Thank you, Sam. By the way, this is the last Tuesday you'll ever hear this show, starting at 3 p.m. Starting Monday, on the 4th, we move our signal to 103.1 in Orlando. It's a massive signal. Uh, lineup goes uh, Bubba, 6 to 10. Don Miller, 10 to 2. This program, 2 to 6. Jesse Kelly, 6 to 9. I think the best of Bubba next and then the best of this show next. Something like that. I'm asleep by then. Hey, it's Randy. On the topic of girls getting stared at, I had a relative come to visit me one time. And they did. The, the, they went over to Destin and 
you know, went to all the clubs and stuff. Now she's got on Daisy Dukes and a little midriff top and way too much makeup, purple glitter in her hair. Came home complaining that everybody was staring at her. I said, you can't wear an outfit that says, hey, look at me, and they complain right. because they did. Right. You also can't get your uh, your your uh, breast enhancement to uh, 500 cc, wear a low-cut blouse, and have a problem with men that are, are whose eyes are drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And the purple glitter in her hair was for her and not anyone else. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. You know, gentlemen, it's never appropriate to leer at a lady. But I did catch myself once, without any explanation whatsoever, sitting there with her fella at a bar, and she was just absolutely stunning. And, of course, he turned around, he caught me. Typical muscled, tattooed, affliction T-shirt. Looked at me and went, what the hell are you looking at, buddy? And I gave him a quick wink and a kiss. I went, you stud. What are you uh, doing later? Uh-huh. <laughs> then I woke up in ER. Uh, they told me I looked like I'd been hit by a car. <laughs> Six is all mad because all the guys are staring at him at the gym. (laughs) Hey, Six. Sorry, man. Sorry I had to give you a bunch of estrogen to steer your girl. Look at the bright side, bro. Now you can uh, compete in women's sports and absolutely kill it. Diego, why? Why are you trying to break up Six? Six sucks. Pantera rules. I'm sorry, if you're the lead singer of a hardcore rock band and you're not already drowning in pee, <laughs> you know what I mean when I say pee, I not know urine, you then you must be butt-ass ugly. Who is the most, uh, he's just a vocalist, so I, I take it he's the lead singer or just a, no, I'm a lead vocalist? No, I'm he's lead vocalist. Does a lead vocalist get more <clears throat> trimmed than, say, the lead guitar player? Because my experience has been the guitar, the lead guitar, the main guy. And I think it's probably, those are probably... Uh, bass level, player's not getting anything. Level A is the is the guitarist and the lead singer. Then it goes Rhythm drummer. Rhythm guitar. Uh, drummer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, backup or, guitar, drummer, and then Bass it goes player, last guy, player. yeah. Four bass players. Yeah, but they're essential. Yeah. Hey, Nizaga, you were mentioning something about, you know, like cool rock and roll band stuff. I heard a story today. Led Zeppelin went to New Zealand. Uh, one of the roadies took him out, got him drunk, took him around, this, that, the other thing. They wanted to pay him money, wouldn't take it. Da, 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 da. This goes on, that goes on, show goes on. He comes home and he has a brand new Mustang sitting in his driveway signed by the band. My father-in-law once had uh, beers in a parking lot with uh, members of the Pretenders and didn't know it. And he didn't get a Mustang in his driveway? (laughs) He did not. (laughs) (laughs) It's blue and red with 24 miles on it. Beedoo, beedoo. Hey guys, Corey in Atlanta, listening to yesterday, you guys were talking about surge pricing. Uh, reminded me of uh, Kalamazoo Beer Exchange, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, it's a bar that uh, has fluctuating prices that, uh, based off of how popular they are in sales, uh, the prices will go up, and the ones that aren't so much go down. And so you could buy a beer uh, that you want, uh, wait for the price to go the right way, and they have like a stock market crash where wow. everything drops and everybody rushes the bar. It's kind of a fun concept. 
What a great concept. Yeah, I think you really have to lean into like the stock market-ass type of... Uh, right. That sounds awesome. Howdy, guys. Nate Bakersfield, California. Um, you were talking about the demining and uh, the deminers. Yeah, my uh, my grandfather, he was a deminer. He was in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> uh, I can't see what you did there. Hey, Shannon T-Bone from Atlanta. I heard you talk about inclusivity and landscaping. Hey, I wouldn't mind a couple sexy little uh, Latina bitches working for me, 75 cents on the dollar. Hell yeah, bring it on. be do be do guys. Hey, Shannon, when you shook Lobster Boy's hand, afterwards, did you wipe your hand on your pants so that you wouldn't get it? That's happened to me before, and, I, and I, that's what I did. <laughs> it was just a shocker. <clears throat> you know, you're expecting a hand, and you, you know. Like, okay, hand sanitizer, I need uh, something. Yeah. Either that or some drawn butter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shannon, uh, do you still have that guy's number with the mushrooms? Let a squirrel know. They were trying to get that Diego guy with attempted murder, but they ended up charging him with mammary slaughter. <laughs> well, obviously, they're trying to create a narrative with this whole imaginary lead that Trump has because how else are they going to try and explain a 99.9999999% voter turnout for the Democrats after an ass ton of bogus ballots get dumped everywhere because they continue to rule like they're not worrying about elections. Yeah. We're prepared for it. Beat yep. beat they do. Tane Tuna. I don't know what you guys are doing next weekend, but I'm going to uh, Polk County and find a reasons to call Uber and Lyft drivers. Be-do-be-do. We'll spend a weekend in jail, that's for sure. I was about to say we should open up a Florida man fancy restaurant that only serves cereal. And then I looked online and there's already a place that just serves cereal on <laughs> International Drive. Are you serious? Yeah, they beat us to it. Damn it. That was kind of a hip thing a couple of years ago to do was like cereal bars. That, cereal bars? Yeah, you go in there and they... I have some Rice Krispies yeah, and a bourbon. You get alcohol or just... Uh, I don't know. Well, some of them, I think. But a lot of it was just, yeah, you go there and uh, well, we got, uh, you know, Booberry all year long on, on tap. I don't recall. I sometimes speculate and I always pay in cash. A different breed of candles. Man, the uh, the devil music, they could be referring to the type of frequency that is going on when the music is playing. Uh, some music relieves stress. Some music, you know, uh, make you tense and make you act a certain way. So the demonic stuff, yeah, it's the frequency of the music that they talking about. All right. Shannon, where did Jesse Kelly touch you inappropriately? You never mention him when you close out the show. You mention everybody else. Huh. Uh, I just mentioned him. He's in the new lineup. Yeah, again, there was a time period where we did not have the same lineup in both locales. Right, and if I was a, if you listen to Jesse Kelly on one of our in one of our frequencies, the people listening to me on the other frequency don't know who I'm talking about. Does that mean there's not going to be any more Florida Man Radio app? 
Nope, the app will exist forever. Something like 490,000 unique listeners on that app, and uh, 80% of them are from uh, North Georgia. So <laughs> we're going to hold on to that app. For all the douches at um, WEF and uh, and Liberal Larry, what the hell, throw him in there. Hey, you know, the one of the best things, don't forget cereal, man. Gets you some duck sausage. It's really cheap, excellent tasting, what I heard. And uh, it don't cost hardly anything. All you got to do is just duck on down here and get you some. All right. <laughs> Those are the remarks <clears throat> all we have time for uh, in this part of the program. We do it again in the final hour. Uh, we're getting dark next. It's Tuesday. It's Tinfoil Tuesday. Ah, yes. And we're heading south, very, very south. And we're heading down to Antarctica because apparently there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on down there and a lot of conspiracies about what's going on down there. Uh-huh. So. All right. That's next. The uh, uh, remarks are brought to you, uh, powered by Morganic Meats and Morris Family Farms. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Donellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. For those of you that don't know... Starting on Monday, March 4th, uh, this radio station moves from 105.5 FM in Central Florida and uh, in Orlando to 103.1 FM. It is a massive signal. Um, we're happy to make this move. You'll be able to hear us from Daytona Beach, uh, probably all the way down to Lakeland. Uh, tell your friends if they haven't even heard of the station. Uh, we'll soon find our home at 103.1 FM, a bigger signal. Uh, so everything else will stay the same. The lineup will be a little different. It's Bubba 6 to 10, Don Miller 10 to 2, uh, moi 2 to 6, Jesse Kelly 6 to 9, and then we do a dance of best ofs and stuff like that. But Monday morning marks a brand new day here in Central Florida for the Florida Man Radio Network, uh, sharing the same frequency we do with our our uh, our station in Fort Walton Beach, 103.1 FM. It's going to be fun. Join us Monday morning. Thanks. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know why, but the Army has slashed 24,000 jobs. 5% of its forces in a move. What are we, 48,000 in decline for recruiting yeah. in the hole? And they say how jobs. How make that easier, though? They say jobs. Does that, I mean, that means soldiers or? Uh, the way they're saying is a lot of stuff they weren't, that they hadn't had those positions filled in a while. So they're on the register as jobs. Right. Uh, but not actually being uh, filled. Ma- mainly already empty posts. Uh, and about 3,000 of the cuts would come from Army Special Operations Forces. They plan to also add about 7,500 troops in other critical missions, uh, air defense, counter-drone units, things of that nature. But currently structured, we can have up to 494,000 soldiers in active duty. It's now about 455. Um, bit of an overhaul after a couple of decades of war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, they had to expand to fill brigades sent to the battlefront. Counterinsurgency, things like that, uh, battling Al Qaeda and the Taliban, but now its focus has shifted to uh, competition from adversaries like China and Russia uh, and threats from Iran and North Korea. 
But when you're in a uh, 42,000 person recruiting deficit, it looks good to get rid of $25,000 jobs that you don't need to fill anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, right. <laughs> it really quickly fixes your deficit. <laughs> if, right. If you've got incredibly high uh, unemployment, just say that, just drop uh, a few hundred thousand out of the quote workforce, actively participate in the workforce, and your numbers look better immediately. <laughs> it's just that easy. All right. Shall we get duck? Oh, you're ready for it, huh? Yeah. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Ah, Tuesday. That time when you can let your conspiracy flag fly. Get a little... (laughs) Well, isn't all of them. Freaky when it comes to if people got on the moon or any of that fun stuff. Uh, Our nation is kind of built on it, really, in the weird way. Uh, when you go all the way back to, like, uh, you know, Masonic stuff and all that fun things. I think it's like a, 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 like a pastime, you know? I also think it's good to uh, be distrustful of things you let you hear. You ha- you, every American should have a healthy, uh, uh, at least be skeptical <laughs> of yeah. your government. Uh, be skeptical of everything, though. Uh, if you think that you heard from a guy who heard from a guy who heard from a guy that maybe had a lobster claw and he told you that <laughs> he saw an alien, uh, maybe uh, believe in that guy every once in a while. I'm not going to write him off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we're going to talk about a place that a lot of people don't really think about anymore. Uh, What's that? I mean, mainly because I believe, uh, I don't know if do we ever get to the story, but a couple weeks ago, but Iran... They planned the flag on Antarctica. It's theirs. I didn't know if you that, guys knew that. Is that but, how it happens? You just uh, see your flag swear and it's all yours now? I mean, that's how we used to do it uh, when we were doing all that colonizing oh, stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, our flag's here. Y'all got to beat it. <laughs> uh, but down in Antarctica, it's an area where, you know, we just don't get down there too often. We've got a couple outposts down there. Uh, but you're not hearing too much about day-to-day life. Well, it's, it's cool. No. We, we we would be there if there were some resources we thought we could rake the land out of. Well, I mean, there probably is, and we're probably setting up bases down there to put the elites once global warming kicks in, and there will be uh, like uh, Maine probably. You know, once it gets warm enough, it'll nice uh, fall. You know, a little bit cold in the winter, but yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't want to? It's always freezing cold down there, right? Yeah, but once glo- I'm talking about global warming kicks in finally, we can you know get all that snow out of there, get all that ice, and make it more hospitable. Plant some palm trees. That would be gorgeous. But we'll start with the pyramids that are in Antarctica. Pyramids? You heard me. Back in 2016, the internet (laughs) went wild after three pyramids were discovered in Antarctica. The pyramids measured over 4,000 feet tall, which would make them about 10 times the height of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Is that for real? Kind of. This, of course, is strange. There is no record of any ancient civilization that exists in Antarctica. Besides, such massive construction would have required unbelievable resources and manpower to complete. Aliens. Oh, yeah. Nevertheless, some conspiracy theorists jumped on board, claimed the pyramids were built by some undiscovered, undiscovered ancient civilization that had lived in Antarctica, oh, 100 million years ago. They say that Antarctica was at the equator at the time, so I guess Earth has been just twisting away. Well, I, no, I guess if we were talking like super Pangea type of thing going on, Earth would have, uh, Antarctica would still been around the equator before it shifted away. Back when we had the supermass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so living conditions were more tolerable. However, they added the government is hiding information that has even blocked pictures of pyramids on Google Earth. Don't try Googling them now. You can't see the pyramids on there. Really? Yeah. 
Uh, scientists, though, they counter that the supposed pyramids are either Horn or Nunatak Mountains. A horn is formed after erosion washed down the sides of a mountain, making it appear like a pyramid. Nunataks are a category of mountain that are so tall that they rise above the permafrost covering Antarctica. According to scientists, the supposed pyramids could not have been built by an ancient civilization because Antarctica was actually at the South Pole 100 million years ago. The ancient civilization part could not be true either because, of course, the earliest human species appeared about 2 million years ago, and they weren't exactly uh, pushing rocks into pyramid shape. Right. So. Uh, basically, probably just uh, frozen mountain pieces that look kind of like a pyramid. But you can't look them up on Google Earth, though. So. Can, you, can you not see Antarctica at all on Google yeah, Earth? Okay. There's a dark area where the pyramids are. Yeah. Uh, do you know who else has a secret base on Antarctica, though? Not just the ancient 100-million-year-old pyramid people. Iran. Mm. Well, they have a base. Well, eh? they have one now, but, of course, once they fled World War II, the Nazis went straight to Antarctica. Really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> huh. To hide out, huh? Yeah, there is a conspiracy theory that the Nazis have a secret base in Antarctica. This idea began after conspiracy theorists discovered the Nazis had launched an expedition to Antarctica in 1938, which presumably consisted of several military and scientific ships. While there, the Nazis supposedly discovered several underground caves and rivers and later converted the largest cave into a secret Nazi city where they live with the Illuminati. Underground? Yeah. Uh, Some people actually believe that that's where Hitler fled off to. I thought he went to Brazil. Uh, Or Argentina. Argentina, something like that. Uh, Believers also claim the Nazis somehow managed to lay their hands on alien tech while at the secret base. They exploited this to build a weapon they tested at the smaller caves. Uh... Truth to this, though, the Nazis do not have a secret base in Antarctica, as far as we can tell. Uh, there is no evidence that they made weapons with alien technology, as far as we can tell. Uh, besides, the Nazis only sent one ship to the region around 1938 in search of new whale hunting grounds. Because Hitler loved whale steaks. Whale blubber, delicious. Mm-hmm. Of course, they abandoned the expedition after World War II broke out, because who you can't whale hunt when you got a war to win, so. That's true. You know what else might be there, though? Um... <clears throat> uh, a uh, a bunker. Well, maybe you got to think under under the ocean, though. If you were to lose an entire city and you can't find uh, it, it slipped into the ocean. Yes, some conspiracy Atlantic claim that the fabled Atlantis is under Atlantis. Antarctica. Interesting. Well, I mean, if there was a time when that area wasn't uh, frozen tundra, maybe you know. Possible. Uh, the idea kicked off in the 1950s after Professor Charles Hapgood. A historian suggests that Antarctica was home to some undiscovered ancient civilizations. Hapgood's belief hinged on the theory that Antarctica was not covered with ice about 11,000 years ago, so, you know, maybe there were. Who knows? Conspiracy theorists claim that Hapgood was right. However, they added that the civilization was actually Atlantis, which isn't under the ocean. It's just covered in a lot of ice. Oh. I thought Atlantis was believed to be in the Bahamas. Or that, or the, somewhere. Actually, they, uh, a lot of people believe it may be off the Greek coast, and that it actually was a city that being uh, a volcano or an earthquake or something like that caused it to be underwater because of a giant wave or something like that. So technically, a, lo- a city was lost to the sea. Oh, but it's not like existing intact. And there's also not a bunch of like mermaid people down there hanging out. <laughs> Uh, in 1995, Graham Hancock, he asserted in his study, Fingerprints of the Gods. Graham Hancock? Mm-hmm. Well-known conspiracy theorist guy. You probably, you didn't read Fingerprints of the Gods? <laughs> no, I have not read Fingerprints of the Gods. really missing out. 
Uh, he says that the people of Atlantis had actually migrated from Antarctica to found the Aztec, Mayan, and Egyptian empires. In the that's why we have giant ice pyramids is because they built the ice pyramids uh, in Antarctica. Then they went to the Mayan culture. They couldn't find any ice. They used rocks and stone. they made the the pyramids in that area. And then they went to uh, Egypt. And they're like, oh yeah, we, we really love making pyramids. The triangle shape pyramid shape is our thing. We really love it. <laughs> We're good at it. Uh, now there is one thing down in Antarctica that is real, but we can't really explain it yet. What is that? And that's the giant rectangular icebergs that are down there. <clears throat> rectangular? Yes. Massive, rectangular. Looks like someone uh, cut a perfect piece of ice out of it. Like a, a giant rectangular ice cube. Uh, scientists have revealed the existence of weird, almost perfectly rectangular icebergs in Antarctica. They are often huge and sometimes visible from space. The rectangular icebergs look more man-made than natural. It's almost as if they were neatly carved out of a larger iceberg. Uh, this is true, except they are really actually natural. Uh, scientists call them tabular icebergs. They are form naturally formed when a part of an iceberg breaks off from a larger one. However, get a perfect rectangle. You can't lie to me and other conspiracy theorists. They say that these icebergs had to be made by man, and if not man, aliens. Aliens, of course. Because we, if we know anything about aliens, they love to make artwork. I don't know if they're telling us something. Well, it's the uh, the uh, interstellar language. You know, we've seen enough crop circles. Yeah. They're always gorgeous uh, geometric shapes. Perfect. And uh, we see the perfectly square. Uh, we see pyramids. Uh, these are all supposedly alien things. So we know the aliens are fine art lovers. They love uh, geometric shapes and things like that. Uh, some of these also suggest it could be a secret government facility underneath there. You know, just perfectly... You know, look like an Am it looks like an Amazon warehouse. Honestly, really, you know how they how yeah, long and long yeah. and white and just glaringly out of place when they when they build huh. them in those areas. Uh, conspiracy theorists hinge their arguments on the fact that the perfect shapes rarely exist in nature. That's kind of true, even though we do see there is a lot of perfect shapes sometimes in nature. Uh, however, scientists have pointed out that not every corner of the iceberg is usually pre perfect. So you know there is some error to it. Now, those of the conspiracy world that consider themselves, quote, alien hunters, they also have claimed to discover evidence of alien UFO, UFO that have crash-landed in Antarctica. The hunters reached this conclusion, uh, conclusion after analyzing a suspicious trail, which they found with Google Earth on the continent's surface. Looked like something came down and crash-landed uh. and glided across the ice. The trail starts from what appears to be the collapsed peak of a mountain. This suggests that the UFO hit the peak as it crash-landed, However, geologists don't agree. They insist the trail was caused by an avalanche, like all good government theories would tell you. <laughs> an avalanche or some kind of... Aren't those uh, rocks in the desert that move across the sand? Or they, at least they appear to have moved across the sand? I mean, those are real. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a... I, I believe it was... A, I saw a thing on they talked about. It's a cause... It's something with the rock has a, it has a bit of moisture in them. So as the gets cold at night and it gets warm and the moisture dews underneath them and it, it kind of moves. moves across. Uh -huh. Yeah. Still probably aliens on it. The problem was they were flying a little low. Probably maybe some teenage aliens out on a joyride. <laughs> they in dad's spaceship. Mm -hmm. And they weren't, uh, you know, normally when they're flying around uh, or other countries, they put the big flashing light up there so they know they don't crash in it. <laughs> but it was down in Antarctica. 
hit the edge of the uh, you know the mountain, and there we are. Now, back in January 2019, it was reported that scientists from NASA and the German Aerospace Center had discovered a crater deep under the permafrost of Antarctica. It's really there. Although it was only recently reported, the crater was first discovered during an analysis of satellite images of Antarctica back in 2006. Scientists think the crater was formed by one of the many asteroids that hit Earth millions of years ago and caused probably the extinction of dinosaurs and everything else on Earth. Uh, However, conspiracy theorists do not think so, because it's too simple. They have suggested the crater is part of a secret Nazi base. It's the opening. Others believe the crater was discovered during a U.S. Navy operation to find the secret entrance into the Earth. And that is where it is. The crater is one of those secret entrances into the middle of hollow Earth. Mm. March 2018. A pro-conspiracy YouTube channel. No. I don't think you're allowed those actually anymore. Yeah, it's illegal. Uh, They claim that Google knows some secrets about Antarctica. Try to type in... Ooh, wow, I'm curious. Can you... Can you type into Gemini on uh, oh, and ask it if Antarctica is too white? If Antarctica, of course it is. <clears throat> Here's what it actually says. <laughs> uh, basically, there's some secret knowledge that, that Google learned. It seems Google is doing all it can to hide the information from us. However, there is a secret mole in the Google organization. That's right. A rebellious, rebellious Google employee is supposedly trying to reveal the conspiracy to us all. The presenter of the YouTube channel said that a red cross appears whenever he hovers over a location in Antarctica, but only when he has the enabled the weather feature on Google Earth. So you do a little scrolling over Antarctica, have the weather feature turned on, and boom, there's a little red X that pops up pointing uh-huh. at something. The conspiracy theorists believe that this occurs because an unidentified Google employee wants us to see whatever is hidden there. The presenter suggests it could be a UFO base, some secret treasure, or probably just a glitch in Google Earth that nobody's checking on because nobody thinks you're looking at Antarctica that right. deep. Yeah, why would you? There's nothing there, right? Yeah, you're scrolling over it. There's like, okay, snow, snow, snow. <laughs> Not only is there one crater in Antarctica, there's actually two. One's for the secret Nazi base, or the interest of the Earth, or the second one, though. What? That, that's an alien one. Secret UFO boys. Oh, so is, are, they, are they in the inner Earth, living mm-hmm. in the inner Earth? Uh, both go deep below the surface into the permafrost as something had dug its way in. Uh, the conspiracy theorists have jumped on board to suggest the craters are the entrance to a secret government facility, alien base... Uh, Scott Waring, a UFO conspiracy theorist, said that the craters were formed by a UFO buried in the permafrost. He actually claimed that he spotted the UFO in an original image he viewed on Google Earth. However, he explained the UFO is no longer visible because Google edited out the original you image. Think, does Google Earth have a, a team of people? They go around like, oh, this looks bad. We don't want people to see us. Put a, put a black spot over it. Yes, but not for like getting rid of uh, conspiracy stuff and things like that. I think there's more... Uh, military stuff? Uh, military stuff, or, you know, uh, the old Google uh, Google Earth car was driving down the road, and it just happened to catch uh, Maude, who was, who was sunbathing <laughs> topless out there, and they got to black that out now. Because nobody wants to see mods hanging tees oh. out there and, on Google Earth. Now, what if we're all being lied to in the first place, though? What do you mean? Well, have you been to Antarctica? No. I've never been there. I'm 
guessing Heather has never been there. I bet you there's not a person in this office that has been to Antarctica. It's not a, it's not a uh, like a destination, to, uh, is it? Well, what if it doesn't exist at all? I mean, it's going to be difficult if the Earth is flat in the first place. How do you yeah, get to the South Pole? If you're, you're right. On flat Earth? Uh, how's there a North Pole and a South mm, Pole? Yep. Uh, there is theories that the whole of Antarctica and the South Pole do not exist. The belief is most common among flat earthers who claim that our planet is flat. Flat earthers believe the North Pole is at the center of the world, while the South Pole surrounds the Earth. So I guess we're, we get a lot of extra South Pole. According to flat earthers, Antarctica is actually a thick wall, about 100, meet, 100 to 200 feet high, that surrounds our planet. The wall stops everything from falling over the edge of the Earth. Yeah. Flat Earthers say we cannot confirm the existence of the wall because world governments and the United Nations have a strict no-fly and no-sail zone around Antarctica. Just try. You'll have a black helicopter. Is, wait, is that just around Antarctica. Antarctica or is it around the whole flat Earth? Uh, well, the, because it is the uh, the edge of the Earth, the giant ice walls are there to protect us from falling oh, down. Uh, conspiracy theorists also believe that the British Captain Cook is one of the few humans to have actually seen the wall apart from government agents. Supposedly, Captain Cook reported seeing the huge wall during the three voyages he made to Antarctica. Odds are, I would take a guess that Captain Cook, in his boat, saw a really large glacier edge, had no way of going around it, and no way of going over it, and just assumed that that's it. He made it to the edge of the earth, and that's the wall that blocks it. Uh, The wall covered the entire coastline. He could not land anywhere because it was just too tall to climb. Now... If you need one to just bring it all together, you got all these hodgepodges of pyramids and aliens and Nazis, and it doesn't even exist. Well, how about the fact that the Nazis put the UFOs there to hide them? (laughs) That's right. Another theory involves the Nazis' asserts that they hid UFOs somewhere in Antarctica. The Nazi UFOs have been linked to the supposed pyramids as well. Believers insist the Nazis operated a secret UFO in Antarctica during World War II with U.S. and British forces repeatedly trying to destroy the base during the war, but were unsuccessful. You don't remember your uh, grandparents and great-grandparents telling you about the Great Wall of Antarctica? I don't. No. They only managed to demolish it after dropping an atomic bomb on the base in 1958. You don't hear that about that. You know it was to destroy the Nazi UFO base. (laughs) Nobody ever hears about the time we dropped an atomic bomb on Antarctica to get rid of the... Nazi UFO. Why would we want to get rid of it? Wouldn't we want that technology to have for ourselves? No, not if it's in Nazi hands. Oh, yeah, Nazis. Uh, They only managed to demolish after dropping an atomic bomb on the base in 1958. Conspiracy theorists claim the Nazis destroyed a U.S. airplane actually during the operation. Uh, This idea is regarded as false because the Nazis never had a base or any military interest in Antarctica. It's not true. They were down there looking. Uh, They only went to Antarctica to find some sweet whaling grounds. And they did not have enough supplies to build an underground base. The so-called operation to expel the Nazis from the secret UFO base was actually a military training to simulate the invasion of Soviet Union. This involved 13 ships, 33 airplanes, and 4,700 soldiers. Nazis did not shoot an airplane down during the training, either as there were no Nazis. We did actually send people down to train just in case we had to invade. Kick some Nazis in Antarctica? No. We was to... Uh, what is one thing you never do in war, and that is invade Russia during the winter? Oh, yeah. Well, we were training just in case we had to. So You don't want to be anywhere near that area in the wintertime. Uh, also, that nuclear bomb? Yep. We did actually detonate one, too. It was a test, though, wasn't it? 
Yeah. The atomic bomb supposedly used to destroy the UFO base was actually detonated about 1,500 miles off the shore of Antarctica. Nevertheless, conspiracy theorists insist the Nazis did have UFOs tucked in there somewhere in Antarctica and even used the technology to create those alien weapons that they hid somewhere in Antarctica, South America, and the Arctic. But they never used them anyway. Uh, well, they're just waiting, biding their time for Nazi revolution. And real quick, 2012, there were claims that a UFO was flying over the new mayor station number three in Antarctica. A video shot on August 10th, 2012 showed an object flying above the research station. Other conspiracy theorists suggest the object was part of a new weapon the government was testing. However, if it's not an alien spaceship you saw in the picture, what was it? Yeah, what's the excuse every time? That, that oh, wasn't a weather balloon. Exactly. Yeah, weather balloon. It turned out to be a weather balloon. This was evident from the video because the object had the shape of a balloon. Likely. Besides, research in Antarctica are known to fly weather balloons directly mm-hmm. above their research station. Another likely excuse. Mm-hmm. So, and All then right. they say, well, if it's Antarctica, why would he fly directly over a research station when he has all these other places? You want to take a look. Come on. Thanks, that's the When we return, Jonathan Morris will join us. It's the Shannon Berg Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting paralyzed veterans of America. I joined the Navy to serve my country as a Navy SEAL. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. When I broke my neck, it left me paralyzed. Paralyzed Veterans of America was by my side from that moment on. Since 1946, Paralyzed Veterans of America has kept a promise to our wounded veterans. We will never leave a fallen comrade behind. Thanks to PVA, Paralyzed Veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. To learn more, go to pva.org today. On the one. Jonathan Morris from Morris Family Farms is in the studio with us, as he is every Tuesday. What's a uh, cracker lacking? What's cracker lacking? I am jacked up. That's what's cracker lacking. Yeah. Every time I blink, I see cows. Mm-hmm. Cuts of cows. Did you get those pictures I sent you? Yeah. Ooh, that was a 50-day carcass that we aged from my buddy Dell. Oh, man, if you need a tree cut, go see my buddy Dell. He just bought a whole cow, him and his buddy Ryan. A whole cow. 50-day aged, huh? Yeah, I hung right. it. We were going to originally hang it like 15 to 18 days, and the cow looked so good. Had so much fat cap. I, I told her, I said, boys, I'm going to hang a little longer. Man, that thing is beautiful. But I am, um, I'm, I'm doing five cows and I'll, by, by Thursday, Friday. Man. So, yes. Staying yes. busy over there, huh? We are, yep. We're cutting cows. There's a reason we're cutting cows, that this is the last week for the, for the old pricing. I haven't raised my price in probably five years on half cow, whole cow, quarter cow. Right. So everything's going up 50 cents a pound um, from now on. Whole cow be seven a pound, half cow be seven fifty, quarter cow be eight. So everything went up fifty cent. We just got to cover the cryo pack bags we put them in. Cost us a dollar nineteen a bag, right? And even butcher wrap, if we wrap them, that went up plus the labor to wrap. So everything's just going through the roof, right? Right. Um, we haven't raised your prices in a long time. It's a 
<clears throat> your due, right? Yes. And we're, we're just doing 50 cents, so not much. But here's the cool thing. I've got two other cows hanging in the cooler right now, and I'm going to Fort Walton Beach, Georgia. Well, I'm going to go, leave here and go to Georgia, and then South Alabama, and then cut into Fort Walton this Sunday. So I'll be all over the panhandle, Georgia. So if you want a half cow, quarter cow, whole cow, I've got two with nobody's name on them hanging in the walk-in. I can cut them up between now and the weekend, bring them with me on Sunday. Man. Plus whatever normal orders that we get. Yeah, call the uh, the store if you're interested, 407-402-5686. Are you going this weekend? Yes, sir. I'll be up there this Sunday the 3rd. I'm leaving out early. Going to stop at exit 187, then exit 205, then the Cumberland Mall in Atlanta, and then go out toward, um, well, what's that theme park? It was uh, Six Flags over Atlanta? Yeah. Out west Aldridge, a little bit? Yeah. Yes, sir. So I, I meet somebody out there, and then I go down 85 and go to Panhandle. A lot of people in the Panhandle. And then we'll pick up supplies, and then we'll head on home on Monday. It's going to be a good trip. Sounds like a winner. It does. <clears throat> Speaking of half cow, real quick, um, you called in that show on Between the Ribs. I don't know if you remember. You missed Vicky, the interview we did with Vicky Matthews. Right. From the Women's Choices Clinic. Yes. And I love her word, choices. It's, people think, oh, choices, like the right to kill your baby. This is choices to give you choices to keep your baby and have birth. So what we're doing, because they've got a large budget and they're a not-for-profit, so we are donating a whole a half cow. Now, somebody texted me and said, well, you're just going to give the profits to her. And I was like, no, I'm giving her everything. So I'm going to put up the half cow. We're doing an auction at halfcowauction at gmail.com. Halfcowauction at gmail.com. Yes, and Heather's in charge of that. And what do you, what do you, what do you just... You bid. It's a, it's a silent bid, so, okay. so it's legal. You Email it, in your bid to halfcowauction at gmail.com. Yes, if you get outbid, Heather sends you a note. Hey, you're outbid. Do you want to continue? And you can up your bid. Just say, yeah, the current bid is this. No, what are you? Yes. Are you still in or not? Yep, and it's going to go until the, the April 20th, the day of her walk. Heather's, uh, Vicky's having a big walk. Um, the other thing we're doing is every Saturday we're auctioning off an item. So last Saturday we auctioned off a tomahawk. It went for like $125. So I'm going to auction something off every Saturday, and everybody who wins the auction each week, is gonna, their name's going to go in a bucket. And I don't know what I'm going to give them yet, but I'm going to give them something big. Because after the walk on the 20th, we're going to have a free barbecue for only people who entered the walk back at Morganic Meats at Morris Stanley Farms. So I know you, you're, you're into this because obviously you're alive. Your mom made yes. the right decision. Oh, yeah, I'm very happy that uh, my, my birth mother chose not to abort me. Yeah, yeah so I'm 100% into life, so I'm going all in on this, and uh, it's going to be a great day. April 20th will be the walk. We're having a barbecue back at the, the, the store. When can people start bidding on the half cow? Right now. It's open. Yep, so put in a bid for half cow. The bidding starts at 1500 Half cow auction at gmail.com? Yes, sir. And Heather will take care of that. That way no one can say, oh, you picked your buddy to win, you know? So try to keep it up front and, and all good. And then um, don't forget, St. Patty's Day is coming up. We have a deal in the plaza, having a, like we did last year, having a big St. Patty's Day event. Out, corn out. beef, and you doing corn beef? Yes, sir. I do it traditional Irish style. What's that? You're drunk when you make it? No, you put in a little bit of cabbage, you put in some carrots. Oh, yeah. That's the way yeah. everybody makes it. Not everybody. Everybody I ever knows made cabbage and yeah. potatoes. And, yeah. well, some people, carrots. oh, potatoes, you know, the potatoes. Pearl onions, too. Very popular yes. with the Irish people. Yeah. Yes. I do all that part, plus the being drunk while doing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me, me, and, <laughs> me, me, and black Irish and all from the strong side of the island. I'm very... very uh, I, so I imagine you'll, do, uh, you'll be doing uh, uh, corned beef stuff, orders to go. People want to come get one already done, ready to go? Yes, we're getting ready to start marinating them. I'm going to put them in the brine this weekend. So by the time man. the 17th, man... Yeah, so we put them in this weekend. I forget, we're almost at the end of uh, February here. Yeah, so we put them in on Saturday. It'll be 15-day brine. It'll come out 
beautiful. Excellent. All right. Yep. And then we got a lot of other things going on. We're we're back on track, man. We opened the day four minutes early. <laughs> I know that may sound crazy, but if you've been riding this uh, train with us for the last year, it's been a, it's been a it's been a one heck of a ride. You know, with everything that happened with Amy and the kids and just right. on and on. So the store is fully stocked every day now. Went out and got fresh vegetables this morning. We're cutting cows every day. Meat cases are stocked. Produce vegetables are stocked. Buffalo chicken dip, chicken salads. We Hell really, yeah. We really don't answer the phone yet, but... <laughs> yeah. But other, but other than that... How's the website coming along, the uh, the new uh, uh, shopping cart? We are supposed to launch the 1st of May. All right. So it's coming. We're building everything. They call it the back room, the back door. I don't know. They're building something. Back of the house? Whatever they're building. They're building it. In the back? Back end. Back end, yeah. Is that what it's called? The building the back end? Back it up. I'm a back end guy. Back that thing up? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Back it up. <laughs> I saw pictures, and there's a lot of vegetables in your shop right now. What's going on? I'm telling you, we're back. We're back on it, baby. Today is I mean, Tuesday. There, there's fruit and vegetables. You saw that today? I, I did. The store is, listen, the store looks like a Saturday today. I mean, there were pineapples in there. What's, go, tan- what's going on? Pit, pineapples. I know. Fresh picked tangerines, red cedar grapes, kale, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, beets. For all you crazy vegetable eaters out there. Uh, I had, a, I, I had, I got some uh, pork belly. From oh, yeah. uh, on Saturday, dude, it is. The uh, first thing I did was make uh, a BLT with pork belly. Oh, nice! Put it on the flat top outside. You, you smoked it. I put it on the flat top. Got it nice and crisp on either side. Sh- sh- sliced it real thin. Made BLTs with it. It was fantastic. All right, so you 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 uh, flat top the the square that I gave you. You know you, you, that square I sliced and then and then put each it. one individually on Beautiful. there on either side. Finished it off. Oh, uh, it was glorious. And then uh, Kim's making some bibimbap uh, with pork belly as the protein. Well, she hadn't made it yet. Yeah, uh, you three, you weren't. So three and night, I'm not invited. <laughs> well, bibimbap is. Yeah, my white sedan back to the dealership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got plenty of it. So. Um, Beautiful. I love it. It's delicious. Yeah, I wanted to see how, well, I guess I tasted it. You responded nice, but. It's like bacon. It will, yes. When you when you slice it and fry it, yes. Otherwise, it's just like a delicious hunk of pork. And you can eat it that way. What do you mean? Well, people, you'd be surprised that people go, well, what do I do with that? I was like, you put it in your mouth and. You cut a piece off and you eat it, yeah. Yeah. What, what do they think you do with it? I don't know. People are weird, man. What do they think bacon comes from? They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will, Shannon, it will amaze you if you open a retail shop The things people don't know. I bet. I bet. I love it. It's, it's a great, uh, uh, you know, you know, mix things up a bit and uh, do something different. It's a t- I look online. There's a bazillion recipes for, uh, for pork belly of any number of ways to serve it. Uh, and it's delicious, and absolutely pork, pork delicious. Pork is high in protein, high in good fat. For all the keto people out there, yeah, that's a keto bomb. You can take that pork belly, fry it in Amish hand roll butter, yeah, and then when the pork belly comes out, put some asparagus in that same skillet, yeah, fry that up, and you just got asparagus and pork belly. Keto city, no crazy. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's what I got. I got great ideas. <laughs> 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 That's all I got. Great ideas everywhere. I got great ideas, and my back is seized up. Uh, Man, I'm not complaining. We have been cutting cow mammy. I That's good. It. Amy had to go get the kids, so I'm in the back on the cutting side of the shop. And she's like, "I gotta go. I gotta go get a roar." I said, "All right." She's like, "What do you do?" I'm gonna wheel the cow over to the other side, and I couldn't trim no more because about every third person—well, not everybody, but every, 
Every third person that came oh, in. Oh, they wanted to talk to you? No, they wanted to come to the back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they were like, what is that back there? I was like, that's a back corner of a cow. And, they, and one lady was like, can my, can my son come back? Sure, come on back, buddy. And uh, it was a good time. It was a good time showing everybody. The, 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 that's dangerous the, work back there, though. You know, you could uh, you can, uh, cut yourself. They got migrant children doing it all oh, over. Yeah, so, right. Yes. Yeah, that's one 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 rule we have. No no twelve year olds trim beef at our shop. No. Okay, no. good. They'll slice it and serve it, but they don't trim it. <laughs> um What do you got? What do you I got? was reading this. Bubba sent me this thing. Bubba the Lust Punch has uh, uh he's got a shoe manufacturer now making shoes similar to the gold Trump shoes. Really? Yeah. He got an an article here in penlive.com. Yeah, I just Peruse that whole article. It's- Donald Trump gets competition from Radio Shock Jock at a golden sneaker market. Uh, it says, it looks like Donald Trump now has some competition, and it comes from an unlikely source, Bubba the Love Sponge, uh, at half the price. Oh, wow. Probably also, he says, uh, probably not a sentence anyone ever imagined it would hear, but it's 2024. Probably also a few of you are wondering who the heck is Bubba the Love Sponge, <laughs> and probably some of you are wondering where the heck has this guy been. Uh, BTLS. Uh, popular radio shock jock who once appeared with Harold Stern at Sirius XM after a series of missteps. He doesn't quite have the same radio reach that he once said, but you can catch his show each day on Rumble as he posts his show as a podcast on other platforms, has a sizable following, calls the Bubba Army. He's rolled out a shoe that's necessarily uh, nearly identical to the golden high top that Trump showed off at uh, SneakerCon. Instead of a big T on the side, the shoes have a red, think Air Jordan Jumpman logo, silhouette of rather chubby BTLS flying through the air to uh-huh. Donko Donut. <laughs> that is that is funny. You can buy, uh, pre pre order them at one hundred forty nine ninety nine. They're listed as the Air Bubba Trump inspired patriotic Bubba Army shoes. Very limited edition. Wow! How many uh, how many people you see walking around town in gold sneakers now? I don't know. I'm gonna get me a pair of these. Is there a picture of them? Yeah. Hold so here's my thing. I Will think. Bubba outsell Trump? Well, they only made a thousand of those Trumps. Oh, Bubba will make 100000 won't he? There, there's a picture of it. Look at the silhouette of him, Air Jordan, Bubba Fat, dunking a donut. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> hey, I, can you see? I can see a whole basketball team. I bet Julian, Julian would wear those. Uh, if Bubba makes a size 14, Julian, we'll get one. We'll get Julian to order some pair. So awesome. Um, That's good stuff. So you ever been on a cruise? Once. Any point on that cruise, do they serve you? You have an ice cream social? Like no. come, everybody come up to the Lido deck. We're giving ice cream away, free ice cream for everybody. No, not, no. Well, apparently it happens quite often, um, and there is a correlation between the amount of ice cream given to passengers and the number of people that have died on that cruise. From said ice cream? No, the people that uh, when they someone dies and they people die on almost every cruise. Uh, they they have to use, they have morgue space, but if more than a couple of people die, and sometimes four or five or six can die on a, on a cruise, they have to use the freezer. Well, and they have to use the freezer. They can, You can't put a dead body in there with the ice cream. So the dead body goes in, ice cream comes out, we give it to, we throw a party, an ice cream social. Oh. So if you ever have an, if you ever hear the uh, an announcement, like on the cruise, the, on the Lido deck is a uh, free ice cream social, Somebody it's not a happy occasion. <laughs> it's a oh, rather sad wow. one. Uh, not only that someone died too, many people died, too many people have died. Yeah, so many people have died, we got no room to put the ice cream in the freezer any longer. Wow, <laughs> man, that's crazy. Uh, I didn't realize that many people died. I, I went on one cruise, Amy and I went down to the Bahamas a long time ago, 20-some years ago. Um, 
I didn't realize that many people died on a cruise. You think about it. You got how many people go on these big cruises? Twenty five thousand or so. Yeah, twenty five to thirty thousand. And you know, about four to ten die on every voyage. Wait a second. There's twenty five thousand people on. A that's boat? what I said when I first heard it this morning. Yes, that's another reason Shannon Burke isn't taking cruises. I don't want to be with thirty thousand people trapped on a boat. Yeah, and that's how you end up with one guy that has norovirus, and then everybody's clogging toilets across the entire ship. All right. Oh. So the cruise I went on, um, it the boat wasn't that big apparently. They yeah, that's those were the big people on the yeah. boat I went on. Wow, that's crazy, man! That many people cruise? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. He said, "Listen now, uh, if you know if they serve a bunch of ice cream and a bunch of people have died, that is terrible." Who's on the horn? Uh, you have Keith from Texas. Let's talk to Keith. Hello, Keith. What's going on? Keith. Hello, Keith. Yes. Hey guys. Hey buddy. Um, sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> I uh, just wanted to thank Jonathan. Uh, I was at a shop on Saturday. This is Keith from Dallas. Hey, Shannon. Hey, buddy. He, and, he, uh, sent, he sent me a picture of you guys uh, uh, yeah. in, in the shop there. Yeah. Very cool. It was fantastic. And so thanks, Jonathan. I was in the air during your show, so I, I couldn't call in. But everything made it home here to Dallas safe and sound and nice and cold and nothing was confiscated for me at the airport. Good. And nice. let me tell you how great how great the pork chops were and that ribeye. I ate them on Sunday night. It was fabulous. So good. I've, I've got some stuffed over, too, so everything's great. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thanks take for care. stopping in and seeing See you, buddy. Yes, sir. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he goes, do you think this will be all right in my bag? I was like, in your bag? He's like, yeah, I'm flying back to Texas. I, I took like, six ribeye, six uh, tomahawks back once but in I my carry-on. You, remember? Huh? You were, It was a planned trip. I pre-froze them for you. Uh-huh. Yeah, he just walked in the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got him some gel packs. We hooked him up. Oh, yeah. He's a nice guy. That's fine. Okay, I will yeah. say there there must be a, a misstep in that article, though, uh-huh. uh, because the largest cruise ship passenger capacity is only 5,412 currently, so it's definitely not getting 30,000 to 25,000 on it. Okay. It must be like... Oh, they, they, it was someone who, who estimated that that there were 25 to 30 on each cruise. About four to 10 people died at every voyage. So only... 5,000 is the biggest cruise ship? Yeah, I, I looked at the Disney cruise ships, and they only average 2,000 to 4,000. That's a big cruise ship. There's that no way that there's 30,000 people on that. Well, if 4 to 10 people die on every voyage, that's 4 to 10 out of, you know, you take 5,000 random Americans from anywhere and put them in one group, whether they stay at home or go anywhere and just keep tabs on them, some are going to die in a, in a six-day period. You think within 4,000? Yeah. That's a small number. I don't want to be in that group. Well... Brother, uh, I don't want you to be in that group either, but it's uh, you can't you can't beat death. No, I understand that. And well, I guess okay, the range of the group. You they say 20 year olds. Yeah, the a lot of older people go on these ships, and they often die on the cruises. So uh, if more than six or seven die in a particular ship, they have to start moving bodies into the freezer, which means they make they need to make room in the freezer. That's which means true. they take out a lot of ice cream. You might find uh, mozzarella sticks are for free on a buffet that day. <laughs> All the other frozen stuff that was in there is going to be on the buffet. That's nice. That's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, yeah, Man. back in uh, 2022, the Wonder Royal Caribbean's Wonder of the Seas launched uh, out of Fort Lauderdale. It had 9,000 passengers. So that's there's no way that the that estimate of 20,000 or 30,000. Imp- do they do they tell you how many died on that? Oh, I'm the- sure. You're still looking at. Uh, a percentage of them that are going to die, especially when you think most cruising people are, uh, there's a lot of people older. Right. Okay, so are we saying that every cruise ship that goes out, someone dies? It's likely. Okay. 
that were going no, on. I mean, when you get 9,000 people, that's uh, 7,000 guests, 2,000 crew. Odds are you're going to get one dead person. But we're talking about least... they, they had a heart attack or stroke. They were going to yeah. die anyway. They would have died at home. Yeah, they, they, the crews killed them. Yeah, no, yeah there's not a bunch of people yeah. murdering. Are, on it. No, 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 crews didn't kill them. They get like a, a bad pork chop down on the, on the buffet. Okay. All Natural right. causes, you know. Heart attacks happen all the time, and you know. So those people are going to die at home. They just happen to die on the cruise. Right. So I imagine there's some waiver you sign that you can't sue the cruise line for dying on the boat. Again, it's uh, natural causes. There's not a uh, cruise ship serial killer that's round, randomly uh, going around stabbing people. Then you probably could maybe have a, an argument. But just if, if uh, Nana dies on the cruise ship in her sleep, they, you can't go after the cruise ship. She's 87 it. years old. Yeah, yeah. Right. she's 87 on you know, a bunch of medication. Man, if you were a serial cruise murderer, you could have a great alibi. Make it all look like natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> you really reduce your uh, getting getting away with it, though. I think the the the, the uh, irony is that it's a sad occasion, but you get ice cream. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I mean, everybody else does. Right. It's a sad occasion for whoever you went. On, you know, you you went on a cruise with your husband. He kicked in the middle of the night. Uh, you still got three days left on the cruise. Let's have some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tommy, your dad's dead, but enjoy that chocolate chunk. That's right. We right. get free banana splits. Yeah, imagine not knowing that policy, and it was your family member that died. And then you're like, and he's son of are having an ice cream social right after Grandpa oh, died. I, I just, just think now the knowledge that, that travelers have when they go on a cruise and suddenly there is announced an ice cream uh, social on the Lido deck, everybody knows someone kicked it. Yeah, no one's going to be eating ice cream. Mm. Yeah, I'm still eating ice cream. I'm not going on a cruise, though. I have no desire to ever go on another one. One guy commented on the social media post, said, yeah, I'm a cruise ship medic here. I can confirm the morgue and ice cream uh, correlation. Uh, I'm supposed to go to cruise in May. Someone else said they said, uh, "Now I'm going to be that guy." You know, if they serve a bunch of ice cream, that's a bunch of people dead. Thanks for the info. There was an ice cream ice cream party on my ship, and now I know why. <laughs> so, is this information you would rather not know, or you're glad you know? That's it? interesting. I, I'm not. Uh, I've never um, been on a cruise before, I'm and not, now I kind of want to. Just so I can do that, I can break that to everybody there. That's one of those uh, nuggets yeah, of knowledge. Yeah, you're all standing around eating. Hey, guys, you know what the occasion is? Someone died. Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah. A lot of people died. Yeah. Too many Seven bodies and morgue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not plausible to build a bigger morgue. Now, I mean, I mean how, many people, how many big can a morgue be on a boat, right? This, it's precious space on a ship like that. It. You know, you need oh, every inch it. of space. I got it. And ice cream's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Give it away. Um, That's nice. <laughs> what else is in the freezer? All your little, all your little uh, fried, you know, your mozzarella sticks, yeah, a lot of fries, mushroom well, caps. Don't move the French fries over to the other freezers because that's profit. Those are just oh yeah, yeah. no free French fries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ice cream is 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 lost anyway, the so kids, just give it away, nuggets, right? Kids' chicken nuggets in there. Oh yeah, all yeah. the kitty meals are in Fro there. The frozen shrimp. Oh, oh man. I, I've never. Uh, There's a lot of uh, shrimp cocktails for free going on now. <laughs> We're having a shrimp cocktail social up on the uh, Lido deck. Come join us. Yeah. Um, according to Miriam Webster, you know, you're told your whole life you can't end a sentence with a preposition. Like, where are you at? So it's, it's, it's impolite. Uh, I believe I heard you can say where you is, though. <laughs> where you is. Where you be. <clears throat> well, according to Miriam Webster, it's okay now to end a sentence with a preposition. It's permissible in English for a preposition to be what you call <clears throat> what you end a sentence with. Uh, so the idea that it should be avoided came from writers who were trying to align the language with Latin. 
but there is no reason to suggest that ending a sentence with a preposition is wrong. I disagree. I strongly disagree. And in the Morris household, we will continue to not end sentences with prepositions. Really? If Julian ever says, Dan, where you at? I'm going to slap him in the jaw. That means you're a part of the concluding preposition opposition party. I am. I'm also anti-vax. Well, those are completely unrelated. Oh. (laughs) But it doesn't sound expressive. uh, And at times it sounds like someone isn't intelligent enough to articulate themselves. Uh, Some people are complaining. One said, thank you. How many times have I made an awkward sentence in order to avoid the preposition at the end? Think about it. You do. You, you write an art. Uh, you know, instead of saying, uh, what part of town are you in? You would say, in what part of town do you reside? Well, that sounds clumsy and awkward and stupid. Yes. And you never say it like that. Um, in what part of town do you reside? Unless you were like in the 1900s, you know, yeah, early 1900s. That's why you yell, where you be? Yeah, where you at? No. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you ask a question? Uh, I would say, where are you? And if someone says, I'm in Orlando, I say, well, what part of, what part of town? Right, because you thought about it and you put a proper sentence structure together. Right, but those are easy ones. I can, you know, there are a lot of sentences that uh, they a lot people think that not ending a, a sentence with a preposition is associated with formal style. Uh, maybe some of the anger comes from the kind of pricked pomposity. Like I said, from what in what part of town do you reside? Yeah. that sounds pompous and arrogant. Right. And I said, what 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 part of town are you in? Right. That's the ending of sentence with a preposition. Okay. End doesn't sound as aggressive as at. Right. What part of town are you at? In what, you know, or where yeah, are you at? I'll follow you. That's just improper uh, uh, grammar on top of ending a sentence with a preposition, mm, right? Yes. Where do you currently reside? Right. Where you is. What is your current GPS location, sir? <laughs> uh, you want to hang out? <clears throat> yes, sir. We're going to uh, take a quick one here. When I get back, we'll talk about cockfighting. I know a lot about that. Do you? Yes, I do. I'm not surprised by that. A little town of Pahokee, we had a cockfighting champion. Uh, well, uh, no longer going on in Navarro County, Texas, I'll tell you that. We'll talk about it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. I know it's um, it's illegal now in every single state in America. Forty-two states uh, treat it as a felony. Um, the Navarro County Sheriff's Office in Texas did a surprise visit to a cockfight in progress, um, and uh, they were live, going crazy. Had dead birds there, live birds there. Uh, other evidence supporting the cockfights were going on. I guess you know they put the little spurs on their uh, on their legs and their on the back of their feet, so they, you know they enhance it a little bit. Not all cocks are equally endowed, so some need extra spurs in the back uh-huh. um, for the killing part. Yeah, and then a lot of the trainers remove them anyway because it makes it easier to handle them. And yes. then during fights, they put them back on, right. so it's easier to teach them without their actual with their real spurs. Um, so this is the new age. Back in the late '80s, that was not a fact. Yeah, one of the worst whippings I ever got in my life. I won't say names because now it's very legal. There was a friend of mine, very good family friend. His daddy fought chickens. I mean, fought. Well, yeah, did. Right. 
and we didn't realize that. We were always told, don't mess with the rooster hen, don't go over there, don't mess with it. When we were messing around 2, 3 in the morning one time, and we went in there to grab one, and we let eight of them out. Then we thought the best thing to do was get a fishing net and try to catch them. So we were running around the yard, slamming the net, trying to catch them on the ground, and the dad came out in mid of us catching it, and he rounded up all three of us boys and beat us like there was no tomorrow. Because apparently some of those chickens cost oh oh yeah $20,000. What? Yeah. <clears throat> twenty grand yeah. for a, for a chicken? A, a good a, fighting rooster is worth a lot of money. He had a grand champion. This is back. I don't know what they go for nowadays. This is back when, and he would go to Miami to fight them. And, yeah, we got, and then to make it worse, he called my dad, told my dad what happened. And my dad came and got me, took me home from the sleepover and beat me. For okay, almost, again. Yes, for making him beat me for almost killing the cockfighter, the, the roosters. <laughs> okay. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, so is it profitable? Very profitable. It's a gambling thing. It's like throw your money on the ground and pick your rooster. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, so it's two ring. roosters in a ring. Gladiator it's a ring. fighting. Yeah, they fight to the death. And there's people everywhere. There's all people all around. And there's side bets and there's big bets and there's somebody collecting the money. It's it's pretty much what you see in the movies, but it's in real life. And they got them on the ground and and, and there's a lot of hollering, a lot of screaming. No, it's normally it was in the Spanish community when I grew up. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, redneck dudes and you know. No, that was more. They were more rolling dogs fighting pits. We call it rolling back then, but yeah. You know, you know, um, but a lot more Spanish community were were were, were in the cockfighting, big money, a lot of gambling. Um, man, but you, you, uh, you, I mean, if you, if it's going on on your property, you've got a felony. If you are there participating in it, you've got a felony. If you are, ju- if you're just a spectator, yes, and, and and you're just there to put some money down or whatever, you've got a felony. There's still a lot of money passes hands during that time period. There's a lot of money. There's a, the people that are there, there's a lot of drugs, a lot of other stuff goes on. But here's the thing. You ever put two roosters in a hen house? No. They, they want to fight. I don't condone abusing animals. Please don't take me the wrong way. But if you raise pit bulls, there are some dogs that want to hunt hogs and some dogs that want to lay on your couch. There's some dogs that want to kill every dog it sees and some dogs that want to lay on your couch. I've never in the past, now today I've changed my, my mentality. I don't do this anymore. But if a, two dogs wanted to go at it, I wouldn't be like, oh, man, bring the dogs up. They're fighting each other. Let them fight. They're dogs. That's what they do. Yeah, but if one kid's up killing the other one, then, you, you know. But they fought each other. I mean, when you, when you talk about some fighting dogs. Yeah. I'm talking about you live on uh, on uh, Chestnut Street and uh, three houses down is a guy with a pit bull and you've got your uh, Yorkie out front and he comes by. He says, oh, I'm they just want to fight. That. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you, we called, they were called game, game bread pits. You had game bed, bread, wiry pits that as far back as that pit bull was bred, everything in his DNA was a, was a, you know, was a fighting dog or a, or a catch dog. Um those dogs just want to do it. That's just you're not hurting the dog. They they want to go do it. Right. Some of the roosters. That's what I'm saying. The roosters. Some roosters are the same way. Right. But they uh, just want to kill everything. I think the argument is if you never put those two dogs together, even though they want to fight, one of them would still be alive, <laughs> and the other that one is, would be that, in. That's a valid <laughs> argument, sir. That is a valid argument. Do you work for PETA now? No, no, I'm not a. Uh, I, I don't believe in. Uh, no, we don't fight dogs. Cruel fight, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't fight dogs. Let me say that for the record. I don't fight dogs. We don't. You know, but growing up in Pahokee, you see a lot of it. There was, there was they, they did it every weekend. Just part of the, part of the culture. Oh, like the kids go there or what? Anybody that wants to. Really? It's like, hey man, they're rolling dogs up on the hill. You want to go watch? And they call. They had a whole. They got scratching. Hey kids, and turning. <clears throat> let's go watch the dogs fight. 
Don't be a popcorn vendor or a snow cone lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, not normally the popcorn and the snow cone, but there is uh, food and stuff like that. There so. is. Oh, you've been to some. Uh, not dogs, but I do have uh, the Hispanic heritage, uh, the cockfighting, Puerto Rico, and stuff like that. I, I I do know of it. So yeah, and it's a big deal. No, oh, it's, it's like huge. a Super Bowl. Yeah, Shannon, they plan it out. They cook dinner. They have they have. I mean, they, it, people come in from all over the country. And there are, there's food trucks and stuff, and yeah, it, there's it's an event. Can you, you buy uh, souvenirs for the kids? Uh, if you go to Puerto Rico, you can get uh, like hats and stuff like that to have the roosters on them and things like that. And, you can take the dead rooster home if you want. Nobody, want want, nobody wants it. Right. No one's going to eat it. Uh, you've seen the film Mary Poppins, Dan, Dick Van Dyke, Julie Andrews, right? Yes, nice, sir. wholesome, uh, good, you know, family entertainment. Yes. Well, its rating has been raised by the British film censors. What? It was made in 1964. It's been reclassified as from a U, which stands for universal, to a PG. For parental guidance. You think Mary Poppins, what could it possibly have in Mary Poppins that's, you know. Please go on. Please tell me. Well, uh, it's it's set in 1910. Uh, it won five Oscars, including Best Actress, Best Song. A neighbor, a- Admiral Bloom, in the, in the film, a naval veteran who thinks he is still in charge of a ship, uses a word that is derogatory um, and they say it's discriminatory. It, it, two uses of the word Hottentots. What? Hottentots. Hottentots. It is discriminatory language. Uh, the term uh, is referred to the Khoi Khoi and San people. Hmm. Is generally considered both archaic and offensive. If it's archaic, nobody knows. I don't know what hot and tot meant. I didn't know what hot and tot meant. It's 2024. Yeah, nobody do. I, I, I have no idea what hot and tot means. I'd rather end a sentence in a preposition than hot and tot. <laughs> they say <laughs> uh, the British film, uh, uh, people say that their, their research about racism and discrimination showed that the key concern for people, particularly parents, was the potential to expose children to discriminatory language or, or behavior uh, which they may find distressing, or repeat without realizing the potential offense. Um, is this a reach? Yes. Uh, kind of yes and who, no. Who was Hot and Tots used to, to to describe? They were describing the chimney sweeps who had black faces because they're covered in soot. So it's almost like using an archaic racist term by calling the guys that look like they're in blackface, calling them Hot and Tots as a... Like these are black guys. Okay, but was the hot and tot the people that clean the chimneys, or are they a race yeah. of people? No, no, no. the hot and tots are a race of people from South Africa, but they're a nomadic tribe. It's weird, oh. like uh, it's kind of like using a slur that nobody uses anymore, that nobody has any idea it is, and actually you made it probably more problematic by right. pointing it out. Right. I mean, to, yeah. to, to kids that that, that 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 watch this and they see the correlation between a guy that's a chimney sweep and the term hot and tot, they mean that term refers to a guy that's a chimney sweep. Right, because he's up there getting all dirty and right. he's a chimney sweep. But they're saying that once the sun gets on him and he, and he turns from white to black, now he looks like a tribal man from <laughs> yeah. South Africa. Well, they want to re-release it. Oh, and, and by re-releasing it, the, uh, the British Board of Film Classifications has to look at it again, and they looked at it again and found out discriminatory language. I wonder if they watched it and went, 
hmm, what's hot and thought? They had to go, go open some books and yeah. go back, go down to the library yeah. and find out what I did. Yeah. They go, oh my God. They didn't know it was discriminatory. Nobody did. Nobody did, uh, but, you know. I bet the people in 1910 didn't right. know it was. Probably the British people did, but again, an American kid that has no idea about South African culture or nomadic tribes has no idea about it. Yeah, they probably thought he was but talking a, about the even a, a British kid now from a has no idea about the names of the nomadic South African tribes from the 1930s. I'm gonna start injecting hot and tots in my sentence structures every day of my life now. And here's another thing: should you change? They're not gonna change the film. They're you know they're gonna take that part out of it. But it, it is uh, uh, you know that that was historical context for the time. It wasn't condemned at the time in 1964 when the thing was filmed. No, you know. it, it, all they do is they change the rating up, which is weird because, uh, all again, all you did was bring knowledge to it. If you just left it without anybody you having any idea, yeah. left it as a universal, kids had no idea that little spot in a movie that's um, 70 years old now, uh, almost 70 years old, nobody has any idea right. and cares. If you walked up to a, a, a random black person on the street today and went, hey, what's up, hot and tot? They go, what are you talking about? Actually, I know what you probably get pop, punched think? because they'd be like, is that some racist? <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, I ain't no tribe of South Africa. Hot um, and tots. But Hot that, and tots. Okay, so to me, this is things they do on purpose to keep us divided. Because they want to dig and scrape and scan, find things that that well, could be racist to divide us, to make us talk about it. The problem is the 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 standards for what is and is not racist, That that those <clears throat> goalposts keep moving. Yes. And so you've got a film from 1964, uh, Oscar-winning film, celebrated film. It was it gave you a you back then, but the, since your standards have changed. So I would imagine that if any film wants to be re-released, at least, at least in Great Britain, they have to, well, let's take a look at it again, because we might yeah. find some stuff that's racist there and, and want to uh, you know rate it differently. And isn't know? it crazy in other fields, there's that term, grandfathered in. Yeah, well, you've been driving a truck since the yeah. 1940s. You don't right. have a CDL. You were grandfathered in. Right. These movies have been around. They're history. They're classic. Yeah. They're, you're supposed to watch them every year when you're a kid at least once. Right. They should be grandfathered it's, into it's society. It's weirdly and, like when we, we go back in literature and go, okay, you got to edit out Huck Finn. Yep. Even though the way that word was used is a specific way to show you what was going on during that time period. The same as To Kill a Mockingbird. When you right. take it out of there, you you defeat changed, the purpose yeah. of it by taking it out. Like, okay, it's a racist word, and it was used as a racist word, and it was used to give a to demean uh, Jim as a slave. So when you take that out, you just defeat the purpose of what it was used in the story for. Right, they take it out of context and isolate the word, and then they ruin the story. And, but the weird thing is, is that they want to tell you that things are worse now, race relation wise, oh. when you know Huck Finn and, and, and you know the, uh, you know a 1964 you know Mary Poppins, uh, and that's not even the N word. That's right. You're, you're digging up a uh, an archaic uh, term that may I don't even know if it was considered racist then. What's the point? Even if it was, I mean, that's what makes things like All in the Family so. F Yes. Effing funny is because yes. it was it was lampooning and making fun of an old white bigoted dude. Yes. And the things he said were so bigoted that that's what made them funny. It was. And the fact that 
When George the, Jefferson and all them got together, yeah. they could go at each other. Right. George and, Jefferson was a racist, bigot black guy. Right, right. And they, they went at each other. And, you and know? It, it just, it doesn't, uh, I mean, it, it plays it off as, it, this wasn't a guy you should be proud of or admire, uh, Archie Bunker. It was a guy that you thought was funny, and one of the things that was amusing about him was his old, yes. stodgy, you know, old yes. man racist stuff and the way he used those words. I thought it was funny. I did too, but in, with him, it was the entire context. He even had his old stupid reason for why we used the turkey at Thanksgiving. You didn't see that? Oh, I won't. We don't have enough time to talk about it. But he took his grandkids for the entire reason on why we have a turkey. It was the only one. Archie Bunker did? Yeah, it was the only one that couldn't fly away. Right. They didn't want the turkey. They wanted a quail, then they wanted a dove and a duck, and he took them through the whole list. And he's like, then they looked over, they're like, oh, look at this stupid fat turkey. It's too dumb to get out of the way. Well, I guess it looks like, well, he did. Boom, they shot it and ate it. I mean, even his analogies on Thanksgiving, it wasn't just race, it was his whole demeanor as a person. Right, right. You know? It's like, and that, and that, 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 Kind of comedy. I mean, it's all through The Sopranos. The Sopranos is a modern day, you know, it's 25 years old, but it's still a modern day uh, 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 television production. Uh, and I mean, uh, that was part of what made Tony Soprano such an interesting character and all the other guys. Because, you know, his daughter starts dating a guy who's half Jewish, half black, and he asks the, the kid, uh, so uh, when you apply for school, uh, what do you put on the uh, on race? What box do you check? He goes, well, I'm, I check black. He goes, oh. So uh, you're a Moulin You know, he goes right into the right to the, and, and, yeah. and he just says it like it's, you know, you're a, he uses a couple of other, you know, you're a dark, whatever. Right. Uh, and he says, that's why I don't want you to date my daughter. But it just illustrates, it doesn't, it just illustrates that character is, it has some racist tendencies. Yeah. yeah. You see his ignorance there because right. of that. Right. I don't see it as, yeah, he's an N-word. I see it like, yeah, that guy's obviously... Uh, stupid. He calls him the other word, a titsoon, and, you know, uh, it's all through that series, too. But he also was trying to make a point in that context that why don't you put Jewish down? Why do you right. play the race card? Right, right, right. You play the race card when you want to. But they're just illustrating the way that these people, this type of person, operated in that yeah. time. Uh, you know, Tony hires a, uh, a lady to go and take care of his mother during the day. She's from Jamaica. And then Uncle June, uh, he's, he sees Tony and he walks away and he goes, yeah, how about that? He hires a smoke for his own mother. Right. But you just it just illustrated the way these people felt. It didn't make me want to feel that way. It doesn't right. inspire people to to use racist language. It's just a depiction of a person who has who is racist. Yeah. And it was based on that time. It's not a celebration of that person either. You're actually seeing yeah. a way the way that person would be. Right. It's yeah, you're not you're not celebrating that character. You're I, you're, I think there are sometimes things are lost because there are too many people that look at uh uh, the villains or the anti-heroes of the world, and they want to be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, the joke, I'm the Joker in this story. And you're like, okay, you're not, though. You, you look <laughs> right. at the Joker. Uh, those are the you, you look at, okay, well, I want that Joker and Harley Quinn love story. Well, you're not. Uh, the Joker beats and, and demeans this woman. There's no love story there. Right. He, he's actually psychologically abusing her. So you, when you do actually agree with that person, other people can look around and go, this guy's an idiot. This guy's the person that actually is the racist or is the guy that is in those type of things. It's an important part of character development for a series or a movie or something like that. Who's on the horn over there? Uh, John C. Let's talk to our buddy John C. Yeah, hey, John, John C. John C., how are you, brother? What's happening? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, congrats on the move next week. Thank um, you. Big deal. I look at this Mary Poppins conversation, and it's kind of like there's a woke look at everything from, like, you know, 1300 and written dialect to today to create drama 
and nothing had drama about it except for entertainment. It's just like they peel back every onion you can see and want to create a story because they want to create their own breaking news system. And it's just like, it is so much getting old. And I just hope America's waking up to this stuff. Uh, I, I think America wakes up to it, but I think increasingly, John, they wake up to it and say, well, that doesn't make That's kind of stupid. You know, it doesn't, uh, exactly. you know, I hope, I hope. But, yeah, it, it's it's like people wake up every morning and have to review uh, great literature work of the past, great movies of the past, great, you know, and, and dig them up and chisel away at them until they find something racist in it and then expose it to everybody. Terrible. Yeah, but are they, aren't they just creating their own racism envelope just to say, here's what we found, and we'll put it in this context of a soundbite, and that is such infuriating because you, they don't, you, you don't get a whole sentence. Oh, no. Yeah. Three words. Yeah, true. You got it, John. No Thanks, subject, brother. No predicate. Thanks, good John. You, good to talk to you. See you. Um, That's a good guy right there, man. Yeah, he's good people. The have you caught your kids into the uh, craze of the Stanley tumbler, the stainless steel large cup uh, made by Stanley, like they used to make thermoses. I'd be really surprised if the Morrison family farms. Yeah, are. Um, it's a it is a. They look very similar to this one. This is a cheap one knockoff that someone bought me. But yeah, it just same sa- thing, yeah. says Stanley up the side of it. Um, they become so popular, and they're very difficult. I mean, they're three hundred dollars, right? What? They're expensive as hell. They can, they can go for yeah. What is that one? Fourteen ninety nine, eighteen ninety nine. Uh, it was bought for me by my wife's grandmother as a Christmas gift, and so you I know she did not pay three hundred dollars for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the people that buy them, the uh, they retailed for around forty five bucks. People that go, to, they're, they're they're short supply. They can now go resell $300 and up. This guy found one for $999. And people are paying that? They're all the rage for high school kids. My Kim goes to the, you know, the pool and she trains a bunch of high school kids. And, and they're, they are all... High school kids and Instagram girls. Yes. To the point where, Jonathan, if you have one and you're you know, privileged and someone else, some other kid, poor kid, can't afford 300 bucks for a stupid cup... But he wants to, you know, to prove that he's hip. That person that can't afford one, can't afford the three hundred, could possibly pay the person who owns the one, owns one now, a hundred to one hundred and fifty, simply to take a selfie picture holding, no. yes, holding their Stanley. No. no, there's no. My kids have more character and more in, internal worth than that. Right. Let me tell you what my daughter Roy did with her new truck. She bought a hoodie for her gear shift. All right. Right? And a, and a trash can. So nobody puts trash in a garbage can. I mean, in a truck. There's a garbage can that mounts to a little console area. Why a hoodie? Because she thought it would be cool. Oh, okay. Because Aurora could care less. I can speak for Aurora right now. Aurora could care less about a Stanley Cup and who has one and who don't have one. Right. Because she's going on to be a neurologist surgeon, a neurological surgeon. Right. And my kids don't get down like that. I mean, really, like... I think I did a great job. I hate to brag, but I did a great job raising my kids. Right, and I think, uh, I don't know that you specifically guided them to stay away from stupid, trendy stuff, or it's just, uh, by the way you raise your children, it just they just naturally understand that that is foolish. Yes, uh, you know? you're know, you right. The only trend I had to steer them from, is there was a trend, I guess, going around about uh, shine on your dad. So I didn't know this. Shine on your dad? Yeah, so like you do something like athletically to, to show your dad's an old man and you're, you're the young stud. So Julian put me in front of a garbage can and he was going to dunk the garbage can on me. 
And out of the corner of my eye, I saw that his friend was recording, his, you know, Victor. And I was like, all right, this is not going to happen. So when Julian ran to me to jump over the top of me into the, uh, and put a basketball in the garbage can, I choke slammed him on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a good father, I put choke my hand. Choke slamming, that's a sign of a good father. I think. As yes, a good father, I put my hand behind his back, his head, so his head would hit the concrete. And I stared at him and I said, if you ever try me like that again and record it, it will be the last day you breathe. He's like, Daddy, I'm so sorry. He's like, it was supposed to be funny. And then you looked at the camera and winked just so you could get your on internet clout. Now they deleted the video. Obviously, apparently they didn't want to put that on TikTok. But uh, this is a ridiculous trend. This is stupid. I mean, I, I have stainless steel things that I carry my water in here. I bring it every day. You got one that you carry your water in. At home, because Kim goes to the pool, people, kids leave stuff behind all the time. I've got a, got a, a cabinet. Oh, dude, I got a cabinet. I got to open slowly <laughs> to get my coffee cup out of it because those Stanley's? things are so stacked up. They will come cross. No, not Stanley's. Just other knockoffs. They'll come. It'll cascade a a a a a, a avalanche of stainless steel cups out of this cabinet. I thought Stanley was a work. It is. It is. is. And I still we have in our garage my stepfather's Stanley thermos, old school green, that Lincoln green with a handle on the side of it. That'll blow those kids' minds. Uh, The the girls got into it though. It became a TikTok thing, and then Target had a couple like limited edition pink ones, and just women went crazy for it. So the ones that have no work ethic don't want to work when they want to work. They want they value their free time more than their work time. Want to own a work thermos? Well, it's not necessarily a thermos in the classical sense we understand it. They're, they're, they're thermal, it's a, it's uh, stainless a, it's a, it's a steel. Topper. What do you call them, a tumbler? Yeah, tumbler. He's got one right there. He showed it. No, no, I, yeah. I get that. But what I'm saying is... It just doesn't say Stanley on so it. So who... Is there in the story to tell you like how Stanley became I don't know. Brand? Do you know how... Uh, no, it's more the they're yeah, big and they can Yeti. stay hydrated and they can... Uh, uh, they can get it pink and multicolored because it comes in different flavors and colors so they can show off does to all Heather, their friends. Does Heather have one? Heather, do you have a Stanley tumbler? I, I do, but somebody <laughs> bought it for me. Uh-huh, someone bought it for you? Yes. Uh-huh, uh, but she a... will also let you take pictures with it for $100. <laughs> I, no. 75 if I know you. No, no, Heather's raising a family. She'll do it for 75 <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. I, I can understand I Yeti. It. Like, I got a Yeti tumbler, right? Yeti was the thing before these were the thing. Yes. I, I, I was cleaning out a, a cabinet at my bar. Uh, the other day, and I found two little Yeti like t- like uh, like rocks glasses. It's stainless steel. I'm like, where, I don't know where like, they came from, but I, I could serve you a cocktail in a little Yeti uh, 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 a highball glass. Yeah, you know, Yeti's the only reason I believe in aliens. Yeah, because the technology that Yeti has to keep things cool for ninety seven thousand days, the coolers they build are ridiculous. There's no room inside of them. Yeah. You ever seen a Yeti like a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh yeah, I brought my Yeti, I'm gonna load up a cow. And you can put four ribeyes in there because there's no room in yeah, the Yeah, insulation. But it's like it's it's like a brick wall around it. Right. And he's like, Oh yeah, it'll stay cold for ten days. I was like, why? That's what got him. <laughs> vacuum insulation. Got Jonathan to believe in aliens. So. <laughs> <laughs> Only an alien doing a vacuum insulation. <laughs> oh, we gotta take a break here. We'll come back and do the remarks. Are you gonna hang out yes, with sir. us, uh, yes, Jonathan? Sir. All right, hang on, it's the Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. That woman beat the brakes off of me. I never disrespected my mother after that, ever. Wait a minute. So you're saying if we hold these parents accountable and that it's going to suddenly prevent them from doing it, these kids are going to look at it as, man, mom and dad are going to take the fall with me. Mother would spank harder than dad did. That learned us real quick. What happened to the times where your parents look at you and you straighten up? Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. We all know the sounds of stress, but you may not know 
that your daily stress can affect you physically. Stress can give you sleepless nights, a pounding headache, stomach pains, or worse. If you've lost a job, worry about your next meal, or having trouble making it through the day, we can help. Text STRESS to 211211 to find a solution. I'm E.J. Williams for American Humane. For thousands of years, dogs have been our best friends in our worst times. Today, we're also learning that our best friends, millions of whom are abandoned each year, are often the best medicine when people are facing obstacles. To help both people and animals, organizations like American Humane have been working to harness the healing power of the human-animal bond finding animals in need of forever homes and training them as life-saving service and therapy dogs to help our veterans, the elderly, and children overcome the daily obstacles of life. In this way, the rescued can become the rescuers. To find out how you can help give animals and the people they help a new leash on life, <laughs> please visit AmericanHumane.org. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life filled with dance, art, music, and knowledge. They dream of a brighter future with enough nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn and grow, to get an education, escape poverty, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, such dreams are coming true. Together, we give children a chance to set their sights high and succeed in school and in life by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and so much more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. for the half cow auction uh, to uh, all to help Vicki Matthews at Choices Women's Clinic send your bid. What what would be a good starting bid for a half a cow to, to be in the game in this auction? We we started the bid at fifteen hundred, and here's why: I'm giving the cow away. I get no money out of this. I'm giving every dollar to Vicky. Yeah. If I can't get fifteen hundred dollars in a check. I'll keep the cow and just write her a check for fifteen hundred dollars. Right, right. You know okay, that mean? makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna let some guy get a cow for seven hundred bucks and be like, "Hey, Vicky, I gave you a cow." And this is this is a cow that was raised here in Central Florida, yes. butchered here in Central Florida. It's a product of Central Florida. Uh, it is uh, a, 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 a higher quality uh, beef that you're going to find in any yes. grocery store. Oh, Speaks yes. with a Central Florida accent. Yeah, yeah, it does. Talks a little country like me. It, it has it, a, it's a, a black cow. Like, it does. Like it does have a DUI and a domestic violence case. Yes. But other than that, it's a Character. Florida cow. Well, here's okay. Here's a great comparison. I I've been doing cows all week because I'm blowing. I'm running through cows right now. I had two people buy a half cow Sunday and they picked them up Sunday. Each cow was twenty one hundred and seventy five dollars for each half. Right. Because that's what the cows weighed. This cow is going to weigh about the same. So this cow is valued. If you bought, if you twenty two hundred dollars, if you came to the store and bought this cow, you would pay twenty two hundred dollars for the cow. You're starting the bid at fifteen hundred, so you start there. 
you know, and, uh, and, 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 and Heather would keep up with you and let you know if you're winning it or you lose it, or she'll uh, keep up with you tell you what the top bid is right now. And if you want to stay in, yes. that's the one to bid. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, in my, in my perfect world imagination, this isn't to get a great deal on a cow. I'm hoping somebody's oh, like, you know absolutely. What? I can write a check for $5,000 for a half cow. And here's the deal. Uh, because they're, a, I'm assuming they're a 501c3, yes. a charity, you'll write a check to them, you'll yes. get a half a cow, and yes. you'll be able to write it off yes, at the same the time. Check. Yes, sir. You don't write the check. I didn't know if I clarified that. The check does not go to Morris Family Farm. Right. It goes, it goes to Choices Women's Clinic. Yes. the entire They get every penny of it. You get a side of beef, and you made a hell of a donation to save lives. Yes. I would love nothing more than somebody that has this expendable income and wants some good beef to write Vicky a check for five or six or seven thousand dollars and then come pick up a cow for me. A half, half cow for me. Put your bid in at half cow auction at gmail.com. Half cow auction at gmail.com and uh, Heather will be in touch with you. And remember, without people like Vicky, you would not be listening to the Shannon Burke show because you would not be alive, sir. That's right. Trying, I'm trying to pull up their heart strings. I would have been a back alley uh, abortion or something like that. Hey, I, I know it, Mom. My mom was 15 years old, so. So wow. both of y'all could have been. My mom was a little older, kind of little, slept around quite a bit. Uh, it, was, it was kind of loose. Uh, my mom was a Southern With guys Baptist at work. <laughs> my mom was a Southern Baptist Christian, but the first child, Anita, was pretty bad, so she was sitting there not doing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a good one the first yeah. round. Let's get to the Florida Man radio app and our remarks for this uh, to wrap up this show today. Uh, it's powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Um, man, the, 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 the smoke was rolling in the parking lot when I pulled up, and there's uh, Victor was out there just, I mean, he could barely get to me because all the people standing in line, he, I mean, I saw people buying a brisket, uh, you know, uh, four pounds of brisket. Uh, it, it was, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. You like that new overcooker? I didn't, I didn't understand it. It was like an open, weird. That's what, yeah, I brought that around. Well, we'll talk about it later, but I brought it around and it got so much traction. That's what we're going to serve off every Saturday from now on. We're Does it cook the meat there? You smoke it in the smoker, then bring it out and keep it warm. Well, we'll there. cook some on the fire because that's an actual cooker. Right. That's how I roasted the pigs in that pig party we had. Remember? Right, right, right. I built that. That's like redneck uh, yeah. uh, a, a pig cooker right there. That's like, hey, we need to be able to cook three pigs tomorrow morning, and we got a lawn trailer. Let's make this work. <laughs> we got a lawn trailer. I remember that sucker. So. <laughs> yeah, you and your dad <laughs> saved my life. Yes, and Miss Cameron. All right, here we go from the Florida Man Radio app. Boom. Hey, y'all. Carolyn up in the panhandle. I'm going to miss Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. What do you say we uh, cut Jesse Kelly from 69 and throw those guys in that slot? Well, here, here is the uh, the problem with those type of shows that are syndicated. Uh, they license them to one uh, radio outfit per market. Like you, like if you're syndicated, like like Markley, Van Camp, and Robinson. By the way, for the record, I love that freaking show. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are talented. Just, guys, they're very talented. Um, uh, and I used to listen to them daily in Atlanta when DBO here in Orlando played them overnights. And that's why we can't have them here because they're they're currently on another uh, station here under contract. Uh, that's also why you never hear me promote the other shows on the station that don't appear on both here and the and Fort Walton Beach. Um, so yeah, we'd love to have them, but we can't get them in both markets and we want to be a truly local, you know, local yokel type of, uh, outfit too. So yeah, I love that. I love those guys. I think they're, they're, uh, very talented, hysterically funny. Uh, we just can't make it happen. Look here now. I am a bass player. 
I get plenty. <laughs> Just always from the same person every time. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lucky man to have Dita by his side. Hey, Shannon, I don't appreciate that uh, bass players don't get any uh, you-know-what. Uh, I used to be in a band down, actually down in Orlando back in the day and got tons. Tons. Yeah, but yeah. was it level one or level three? Right. Listen, was yeah. it the hot girl or the hot girl's fat friend that just had yeah. to tag along? Deaf, blind, 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 don't count. Um, <laughs> uh, you're getting, you probably are getting more than the trombone player. I'll give you that. Depends on the type of band. What is a lobster hand? Explain, please. I don't know the clinical version for it, but it's when some of your fingers are fused. You don't have a normal hand. Some of them, uh, maybe your pinky through your middle finger are fused to one side together, and then your index and your thumb on the other are, are various uh, combinations of, of that. But it's uh, it's not super common, but it's... Uh, different, different from web hand? Yes. Yes. There's an actual family. Uh, they're here in Florida. They were a circus family. They, they All of them had it. Family tree goes straight up. Lobster uh, family. Yeah, their dad was also a murderer. Well, they murdered him, and we did a whole story yeah, on him before. If my dad gave me lobster hands, I would murder him for that. Man, celebrate your lobster differences. It's man. called uh, ectrodactyl. Ectrodactyl. Yeah, exactly. Hey, are we going to be losing Mark Lee, Van Camp, and Robbins here in the Fort Walton Beach area? Kind of sucks. Thanks. Yeah, I, unfortunately, you are unless they choose to air them uh, later. You know, they I don't know what the plan is, but they they still have uh, uh, the rights. They could run them later at night. That's probably going to piss people off. Look, I know that I've been through this uh, countless times in my radio career that changes happen at a station. <clears throat> You're pissed and you hate it and we hate it that you hate it. But we're doing what we need to do as uh, we're a network now. We're not just a singular station. We need to be. Uh, you know, our product needs to be able to be plot just dropped in somewhere. Um, we're going with all local stuff, and uh, yeah, I like I said, I love Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, uh, unless they put them out overnights. These things happen, but I'll be tell you, Don yeah. Miller is one funny mother. Is, that yeah. dude, he is. A, he knows everybody. Have he you does. noticed that? Yeah, I do. He knows everybody. I tell you about when he fishes people and when he comes about sore. I mean, no, literally, uh, if I, were, I I could probably get, you know, uh, 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 I, you know, the Secretary of Defense's gardener if I needed him uh, to, 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 you know, Don, yes. he just knows everybody. He's got a huge uh, Rolodex and he's hysterically funny. He doesn't even know. He, I, I guarantee you the man doesn't realize how funny he is. No, he's just being real. He's just being I, who he I, is. The real stuff you get from him, we hear it, and it's like we think, wow, that's a punchline, it's a joke, it's whatever. But to him, he's just communicating you know, like he normally would. That is 100% just Don. Yeah. You, yeah. We've spent many nights with him where that is just how he is. When, all the people, time. when people come in the shop, that's what I tell him. He's the same no matter where he's at. He's always yeah. the same. So once again, you guys are getting rid of Dan Bongino or something because it didn't really work out last time when you tried to do that. We tried to get rid of Dan Bongino before? Not that I know of. We've, Dan Bongino's, we've never, we, A, we don't try to get rid of anybody. We, if we don't want them there, we don't have to battle them. We say, guess what? We don't, we can't, yeah, and we don't, we, we're not keeping Dan Bongino. That's what, the way I understand it. I like his show. It's fine. Uh, it's a good, you know, the man's very, very knowledgeable and, and, and also a, a talented guy. Uh, but yeah, and I don't. He's also very, very set on being in a certain time slot. So 
It's very difficult. Right. You, you have to have Dan Bongino live. We can't tape delay him like uh, Mark Lee Van Camp. Or, or, or Jesse Kelly could be taped delay, but Bongino has to be at the right time. And I don't know that, uh, what, did we try to get it read him before, but Dan Bongino fought his way back onto the station? Is that what the guy's saying? I don't think Dan Bongino fights for anything. I mean, he, he said you're trying to get rid of him. Yeah, he's, and it didn't do well. It didn't go so well last time. Yeah, he's he'll be gone. Uh, Friday will be his last show on this network, sir. Hey, Shannon, it's illegal alien. Please use the correct term. You know, to those of you who who that's like the third mf'er to call and tell me it's not migrants, illegal alien. What are you, some kind of liberal? Blah, blah, blah. Look, I'm reading stories all day long. I consume more media than any of you yokels could get. You could wrap your little heads around. And in many of the stories, they're referred to as migrants. I understand you'd rather me say illegal immigrants every time or illegal aliens. Sometimes I don't. Don't let it get your panties into a wad. It's really not a big deal. What's well, cracker lacking, brother? Just wanted you to thank Mama Morris for me. Went into your store the other day and asked for dinner. And she hooked me up with a tomahawk already cooked. It was delicious, brother. Oh, already cooked. I appreciate it. Tell what? her thank you so much. It was delicious. What if I called and said thank you? Beedoo, beedoo. Very out. Wait, special treatment over there? We've, we've had one that's been cooked over there, brought in here. They, they're... That's the cool thing about that new open cooker. We're cooking tomahawks every Saturday now. Oh, that's beautiful. I want a pizza, Ray Ray. Hey, so when are we going to get the uh, Bidu Bidu shoes? <laughs> I don't know if that's even possible. Bidu Bidu. Eric, our merch guy, might want to look into it, but I don't want to steal Bubba's thunder. He's getting national attention from this from this gimmick. I love it. Hey, guys, your uh, math is way off. Cruise ships hold anywhere from about 2,500 up to six or 7,000. Yeah, Eric, again, we're just Eric reading. We're just reading. Those are the numbers quoted in a in the story about that, and, and we Eric uh, solidified that. I didn't know. Yeah, how Eric many clarified people. that. Thank you. Hey, Shannon. So, if I were to buy some of those Bubba shoes, uh, every time I take a step, would it little voice come out and say, uh, "I'm a badass"? It would say, "Body, body, 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 body." I know you ran with body, 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 body. <laughs> that is awesome. There is no cruise ship out there that's going to hold 30,000. All right, we figured that no. out. Thank you. Or better yet, if I buy the Bubba shoes, uh, will I be able to walk on water? He seems <laughs> to think so. No, you'll sink. Yeah, I guess it goes without saying at this point, but they have an actual morgue on board cruise ships uh in fact when i used to work for a removal um i was a removal associate for a funeral home and we'd have to go by to the port and pick up uh the dead ones once they return right but with that morgue it's not a it's not a morgue like down at uh at the county uh, health building it's like a small morgue and when that thing is when it gets loaded up, you know, you got to uh, defrost those uh, mozzarella sticks. Yeah, it seems said, like it's like three to four people is their max. Yeah, he on said right. he's a removal associate. Yes, <laughs> and a, it's better than a, a, a stiff getter. <laughs> if you or a family member die on a cruise ship, call 888-SOS-FIRM. <laughs> but it's definitely okay to end a sentence with a proposition. Come on, man. You can't suddenly change that preposition at the end of the sentence thing. My whole life's built upon that. My grammar and everything. It yes. turns my whole world upside down. 
We're just changing rules willy-nilly now. It, you're right. It does. Because if, if you want to have a conversation with somebody, uh, you know, job interview, uh, talking to someone important, whatever, you want to make sure that you, at the very least, your grammar is correct. You don't come in and sound like a yokel hayseed, you know, uh, and you go, yeah, that's what, uh, you know, that's what it's at. You know, uh, that's where I worked at. Yeah, I think in the end, Merriam-Webster can say whatever they want. doesn't mean yeah. that normal. They're uh, trying to make a sound number. So yeah. you, now, you, now you let your, your your guard down about ending sentences with prepositions. Yes. Now you're just doing it like willy-nilly well, everywhere. Well, what's next? Instead of Shannon and I, is me and Shannon? Yeah. Shannon and me? No, um, nothing matters. All the rules are out. I'm I'm gonna fight it. I've put in too much work crafting sentences to I'm not without prepositions at the end of it, and on the fly sometimes it's difficult. I have to slap my mama too many times. <laughs> when I was little, I would ask my dad, "Where's the hammer at?" or "Where's the broom at?" and he would always tell me behind the at. And we were like pretty poor hilljacks, but trying to make it up out of it. And he was real specific about. But you're not going to talk like a hilljack. Thanks, guys. Great show. For the record, I love the term hilljack. It's better than hillbilly to me. Yeah. It's it's like right to the hillbilly could be Ellie Mae, and she's hot. And hilljack is just your buck tooth. You know, you're right. Where's the hammer at? It it, wherever, it just doesn't sound intelligent. And I don't know <laughs> if it's if uh, it's grammatically correct. I definitely think, yeah, when you hear someone say where the hammer is, you just want to slap them in the face. It's like, nah. They're trying to make us stupid. Sh- they want us as stupid as they can make us. I, I, I do. Part of me thinks that they want to tell you that it's okay to talk like an idiot now, uh, that we've discovered, you know, uh, you can end sentences with prepositions, you can, yes. you know. They want to make us stupider. Where's the hammer at? My wife and my father-in-law and I were on a cruise uh, back in the day, and after a good night of drinking, having fun, <clears throat> father-in-law goes back to his room where he's supposed to be by himself, opens the door, and some dude says, Welcome home, friend. <laughs> he's like, what the hell? He got his stuff and got out of Dodge. What? I don't know his, how that relates. His uncle, yeah, his uncle had a roommate. Yeah, oh. a gay roommate. <clears throat> Hey, Jonathan, this is Clovis Bass, man. Hey, I'll tell you something. Man, if you really want to get the lowdown on cockfighting, man, there's one movie that you, it's a must see. And it, you can look it up on YouTube, but they got the entire movie on there. It's called, um, Inbred Rednecks. Man, it's the greatest cockfighting movie ever filmed. More it's done by Toby Hooper's cousin. Beedy, beedy. Oh, Toby Hooper's cousin. Oh, that guy. <clears throat> Morris County oh. Farm does not condone the abuse of animals for no. cockfighting. Hey, Shannon. I grew up on Chestnut Street, and <laughs> damn neighborhood dogs were fighting all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's hilarious. Hey, it's G-Man. My wife has hot dots. Hot dots. What a terrible day this is that I found out when I was five years old as part of a racist organization. I was forced to take dance, tap dance lessons at the Art Linkletter's Tot and Tots Dance Studio, oh, which is no. clearly a wordplay oh. on the discriminatory South African Hot and Tots. Oh. Who knew Art Linkletter was a racist? You shouldn't even be allowed. And you so. dance in celebration, you... Dirty racist. Yeah, terrible human being. Hey, what's up, Shando? Easy. Oh, Heather. I've been Sparky Big man, Jonathan. Sparky 3 5 I knew it. Yo, what? 
I dated a hot and tot when I was about 35 years old, and that's exactly what she was, a hot and tot. About four foot nine, 100 pounds, a spinner, if you want to call her that. Whoa, easy. Hey, great show, guys. Be do, be do. A spinner. You know that many shows, don't you? Nate Beggars from California. You guys were talking about old school or ancient racial slurs. Um, my grandfather, he used to say almost in every sentence, he'd say cotton picking or cotton picker. And it wasn't until I was about 20 years old that I understood that that was a racial slur. Is that really a racial slur? No. <clears throat> I know white people that picked cotton. I mean, I don't know them personally, but I know that white, many white people were, you know, sharecroppers and cotton pickers. Uh, it's definitely a southern term. I don't, uh, you know, I know that a lot of people interpret it now as a slang term because I never black used people can pick cotton. It always seemed like a good time when it was used in a term. You know, yeah, that's a like, uh, good time. One of my favorite uh, talk shows, they're, they're not together anymore, Mark and Brian, they used to be out of D.C., uh, they they were called the cotton pick. They would in their intro. They were the cotton picking Don and Mike show, uh, and that sounded like a good time to me. Yeah, Shannon Maverick here. I'm walking the club this weekend. Hot top in the house. <laughs> Where my hot tops at? <laughs> with a man on the stage, hot and top with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, Pap here from Florella, Alabama. I just wanted to tell, call and tell y'all that everybody's talking about their experiences of looking at pretty gals. And I remember one time just one caught me looking at her real hard and heavy. And she turns to me and say, what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking at the prettiest gal i ever seen in my life. And I've been married to her for 42 years. Y'all take care of yourselves. Oh, good for you, Be-do, be-do, be-do. Right. Bye-bye. Good for you, sir. I bet the liberal that watched Mary Poppins and decided that that term was racist probably celebrated by going out and getting another nose piercing and dyeing their hair a deeper shade of green. <laughs> I guess blue. you can find racism in just about anything if you try hard enough. Yeah. Hey, regarding the Stanley Cups, I saw a test where they tested several of those cups like that, different brands. And Stanley tested positive for lead. Uh-oh. Just a FYI. Thank you. Hey, Shannon T-Bone from Atlanta one more time. Man, I'm thinking about this whole Stanley Tumblr thing. Uh, do you think this is just Stanley's ploy to get back at Yeti for just chewing people out for money for however long? Yeti has been a freaking thing, and it's a waste of money. It's all about a damn label. Anyways, be do be do guys. I'm blowing through these because we have too many to get to. All right, I'm listen, not going to get guys, to all of them. There's nothing wrong with a Stanley thermos. I've been carrying those cups for years and using them. I love them. They had the spill-proof one. I just bought a new one. Had to pay 30 bucks for that sucker, though, because of this new trend. I don't know where you got your numbers from, Jonathan, but they don't stay cold for 97,000 days. It's... <laughs> a month or so ago, Project Farm on YouTube did a video on the best tumbler and that Stanley Cup was the best one out of all of them. Alright, I'm blowing through these. I'm not getting too often. So from what I understand, the whole Stanley Cup thing was because somebody on TikTok or one of those apps a fire happened in her car and the only thing that didn't burn was the Stanley Cup and it still had ice in it. What? <laughs> and then it became a trend. Wow. From what I understand. No way. I, I've heard I've heard something like that. Just a reminder, speaking of tumblers, that Yeti dropped their partnership with NRA years ago after a shooting. 
Dick's Sporting Goods dropped them as well. Haven't shopped either of those products or brands. Never will again. Hey, Jonathan, did you ever have a cow with so much personality that you just couldn't kill it? Nope. <laughs> so I bought some beef at Jonathan Morris's store. And I uh, got to the register, and they said it was Wagyu beef. So I got charged $3 more per no, pound that I picked that's up. That's not true. Mm, not really good, Jonathan. That's not true. You're a liar. With the Stanley Cups, from what I remember reading, there was a marketer or somebody in charge who noticed Yeti wasn't specifically targeting females for their uh, merchandise. So Stanley was kind of failing, and they decided to start marketing it towards females. Um, that, and then you had that car fire where yeah. after the fire was completely done, the uh, Stanley Cup still had ice in it. So I do, I do think that the that. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, that my wife deals with these high school, it's girls that predominantly yeah, love them. Yeah, for the them. most part. Yeah. is a great dude. I went to high school with him. What a great dude. I don't know if you guys talked about it, but it appears that the Texas Panhandle is on fire in multiple locations. It got up to $94. Today. These listeners get offended because you say migrants instead of illegal aliens. <laughs> oh, man, they're never going to make it. <laughs> oh, this guy's Damn it, man! Really hated to hear the news about Mark and Van Camp and Robbins going away up here in the. Sorry, I can't. I wanna put on my 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 babido shoe. Okay. Ding ding ding! Is this the uh, correction line? Uh, yeah, Shannon. They're uh, illegal aliens. Uh, and right, thank you. I don't really believe VZ about aliens in Antarctica. <laughs> they could barely stay in New York. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i have time to get to there's plenty here we'll get to uh, uh tomorrow if we have time uh we'll take our final break here to come back and wrap it up for you it's the shannon burke show on the florida man radio network